to show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off Mats Podcast, and it is me, Dante. It's always Dante. It's going to probably always be Dante, but you never know. One day we might change it up. So this week on episode, we're going to be having returning guests to the podcast, Mike Shahan. And Mike is the owner and operator of Asgard 503 Sports Apparel. So I'm going to welcome him back and get to talking. So, Mike, how you been, my friend? Welcome back. Really good. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Um, I know after uh, last time we, uh, I think we chatted for about an hour after the podcast, yeah. which is pretty fun. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I've been really good. Very, very busy. Um, just, just trying to keep up with everything and just, just hanging in there and, and trying to get as much training in as possible and all that fun yeah. stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a busy fella, so that's why, you know, I always think about that, especially like, you know, if I'm scrolling through on Instagram and I see you commented or like something, or you know, even if I do a repost, I'm like, I'm always seems like, man, I wonder how Mike's doing. I forget, like, when you text me, I was like, oh shit, we have each other's phone numbers. <laughs> like, we don't have to rely on Instagram. What am I doing, dude? Like, cause I always feel weird messaging through Instagram because we don't get notifications for that most of the time. So mm. I don't want to send you a message and then you send me a message back and I don't see it for like hours or days even. And I'm like, Oh shit. Oh, I don't want them to think I was ignoring them. So dude, that's the bane of my existence. The amount of ways that people can get a hold of somebody these days. Dude. I have to try and I, I don't know how many times I've gotten messages from either clients or friends or what have you. And I'm just like, oh man, was that text message, Facebook marker or Facebook Messenger, um, Facebook, Instagram, one of my three Instagrams that I have, like it's just so many different ways to get a hold of people nowadays. And yeah. I'm actually a big fan of just phone calls. My wife hates phone calls. She's just like, Why did you call me? Just text me. Right? <laughs> phone call would be so much easier. You can I don't know. I'm I would much rather call somebody and just have a three minute phone call than the back and forth of misinterpreted texts and waiting for somebody to text and just yeah it's it i almost feel there's too many ways to get a hold of somebody these days no i agree with you completely that's a big part of why this podcast even started is i mean covid i wasn't seeing anyone so i wanted to find a way to reconnect with friends but mm -hmm. also i realize if i shoot a friend of text like, hey, let's hang out, or you know, I'm gonna give you a call. It it, it gets silent, no one wants to do that. But if I say, dude, you want to come on the podcast? Like my local friends, like friends I grew up with, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. You know, what are we gonna talk about? I don't know. We're just gonna talk, dude. We'll we'll you know say the things that we say and we'll talk. And it's like people don't want to talk on the phone. It's it's almost kind of like it's that when you text, there's that ideal of I can respond whenever I feel like responding. Mm. But then the problem is you can't, you know, read sarcasm, hmm. you know, 
and I'm I'm a very sarcastic person, so I, I would much rather just call people. I mean, even like like I said, with like text message, at least you know if like if there's a text, I know okay, I got an alert for it. I see it. Let me respond now. Versus like any of the messengers, I will get lost on that. I, I think there was a friend that I don't know if their birthday's passed or if it's upcoming. But I know they text this information to me a year ago. And <laughs> I can't find which chat thread we're on. Oh. And I don't want to text them again. Like, hey, so uh, when's your birthday again? Because I feel like it's passed. It was it, last it, month, it, I'm certain. Yeah, it's even worse when you look and you see the date. And it is six months ago. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I did not mean to do that. Sorry. I uh, kind of got lost. I, I always just say, I'm like, sorry. kind of got lost in the shuffle. Let's try and and it more often than not, people are like they they totally understand because I, it's funny. My wife and I are always having the same conversation, and she she kind of worries about what other people think a lot, and I I feel like a lot of people do that as well, and I just keep reminding her, I'm like, guess what other people are thinking about the same thing you're thinking about themselves majority of the time people it's the number one thing that's going through their head is what's going on with me not what i'm not thinking about what this other person is doing and it's just kind of one of those reminders it's just it's, it's all good we're, we're only human man it's it's yep. not the end of the world if you forget somebody text you or email you and if it's that important they'll reconnect yeah. yeah i always try to keep that in mind too i know for me <clears throat> If I shoot a text and I don't get a reply, I don't make a big, big deal about it because in my mind, I'm like, well, people are busy. People have lives. You know, like I have a good friend up in uh, Vermont. We text every so many weeks and we're, we're texting just a couple of days ago. And, you know, we, we actually hadn't talked in a while. I think it was last time we text was back in may around our kid both our kids birthdays and you know i shot him a text the other day and you know we're going back and forth for a little you know maybe four or five texts and then it just went silent on his end and i was like oh you know he's probably busy he has an odd work schedule he texts me back today and goes dude i'm so sorry that i was like dude don't apologize it's life like, <laughs> i don't get but then on the, on the other side of that coin though i would do the same thing you know, if I, yeah, yeah. I would text like, dude, I'm so sorry. So yeah. we're, we're all humans. We're all, you know, we all make mistakes. We all have lives. So yeah, we, we're like, all, we're all busy. We're all, like I said, we're all thinking about what's going on in our lives and kind of just lose track. And I, yeah. I definitely think like you said, with, with COVID and with basically people being very, very strange about the way they communicate with people. I feel like a lot of people are very apprehensive to be face to face or not sure if the other person's okay with being face to face a lot of times. Yeah. So yeah. it's almost like fewer and fewer people are trying to hang out with each other anymore and they would rather do a FaceTime or a just text me or just call me or something like that, or just send in an email. And as, as more and more people work from home, like my, my wife worked from home before COVID and she just as a remote worker. And now 
I think her entire office is completely remote now because wow. even after they opened the office back up, nobody showed up to the office. They're like, okay, I guess we'll just close the office. And, uh, and it's a pretty big company. So, um, but yeah, just having that ability to be remote. And I, and I wonder if that's going to like affect how people are in the long run. Right. Just because there are, there's fewer social interactions. So is this next generation of people going to be, not have the same social cues and not have the same if people are only going out to just go to the grocery store and just go to the department store and just do that what what's what's going to be the end result of that are we going to be our own little on our own little isolated islands of information and of hanging out again or what how's that going to be that's i'm interested to see the the long run of how that works out it's a weird thing because I'm seeing it, you know, with my job now, um, I work with the public and they, they, everyone has an option now to go online mm -hmm. instead of coming to the office to see us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people move in, we have no contact at all and I'm very territorial. So if I'm out and about on, you know, on the property and I see a face that I don't recognize out of the 800 plus, you know, people that come through mm -hmm. it's like hold on who who are you you know you know i'm not like completely dickish about it but you know you know there is kind of this moment of you know i'll be pleasant like hey how's it going and then i'll see them kind of moving around. i was like hey is everything okay you know where you're going you know i can help you out here uh you know things like that but people i think now with the ability to do everything online and not have to interact even working from home and and sometimes even just getting your groceries you know ordering through you know those options you know we, we are almost at a point where people can completely disconnect which i don't know that that's the most healthy thing <laughs> definitely so, not <laughs> uh, i i i have my moments where i'm like you know i like to be off on my own but mm -hmm. i do need I need to communicate with people. I need well, to, you know, be out. <laughs> isn't that isn't that the whole idea behind what's the worst punishment in prison? Isolation, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So why are people in this weird like self-isolation that people are putting themselves in? It's it and it's almost like kind of becoming normalized, right? And I know I fall yeah. into that and I feel like Oh, oh, I need to go out into public. I need to, I just actually started going to the mall. Like as a, as, as kind of like this weird reset, like sometimes I'm just for actually a couple of reasons. Uh, one of the reasons is uh, I like to see what's kind of what's new with fashion and what, sure. what are some color. Yeah. And so that, that plays into a little bit that, but I also just kind of like the interaction at malls. I, I like that people are there because they want to be there. They're, I can go to the Jamba Juice and get a smoothie and just kind of wander around. And being around people in kind of this social, like, okay, you're here, I'm here, everybody's here that wants to be here type thing. It's kind of, I don't know, it just, and the mall is like not that far away. and But like, a lot of it's also just like people just kind of want to kill some time sometimes. And that's, I don't know. It's for some reason, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's also just my generation. Like 
that the mall was a thing and it, it's it, it's definitely refreshing seeing younger generations of kids just hang out at the mall i'm like oh, okay yeah everything's gonna be okay there, there's still kids that want to go to the mall just to hang out type thing so so i, I thought about that too when everything kind of shut down and then we start reopening I, so i've always been not a, like i've anytime that i have to meet at the mall Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I get just kind of like, Ugh, is there anywhere else? Um, mm-hmm. And I think part of that though is I remember being a teenager, being at the mall, mm-hmm. and I was a little shit. <laughs> so as an adult now, it's like, Ugh, like, uh, do I have to? So, <laughs> uh, but I, I was also that way with movie theaters until mm-hmm. recently. We found that there's a movie theater around the corner. It's five bucks and it has current movies in there. Mm-hmm. A nice little small theater. And we've been going to the movies like crazy. And mm-hmm. I think part of what that was for my wife, myself, and, and my daughter, we've been, we, I think we went to see the Minions, the newest Minions movie, <laughs> and um, nice. uh, the League of Super Pets yesterday. So, yeah. uh, you know, we got to see these movies and I realize, you know, maybe it's not so much, you know, I don't, you know, the crowds as much as it's the price, number one. Mm-hmm. And the crowds do play a factor because yeah. I think when we went to see Minions, there, there might have been eight of us in the theater in total. Mm-hmm. And it was comforting. And my wife and I went out to see, um, nope, that's what it was like. It was something with one word. Uh, mm-hmm. We went to see nope. And there, there are quite a few people in the theater for a Saturday night. It, it was yeah. still not a lot for a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And then we went again yesterday. And it was like, you know what? I do enjoy going to the movies. It's just that I think our movie theaters are all mostly attached to the mall. Mm-hmm. All of them out here. So I think that's what it is. It's the mall. It's the parking situation. Mm-hmm. The, the maneuvering through. I, th- I think that's what it is. I oppose malls. It's not the rest of the world that I don't like. <laughs> I don't like the mall because that's, you know, is it, I don't know. Like I said, I think I'm just in that weird pocket of, you know, being older when mm-hmm. I was younger, you know, you see the old folks there and, you know, again, I'm being a nightmare to all these people. I'm jumping in the fountain, taking quarters, you know, just whatever <laughs> terrible, terrible things I can do. The question is, did you grow up near a mall like the one that was like really close? Okay. Yeah. See, yeah. see there, there it is. When I grew up, I grew up in a really small town and the closest mall was about, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 minutes away. And okay. we weren't, we didn't really have money. So we were, we were pretty, pretty much broke growing up. And to go to that mall was like a big thing. And yeah. that wasn't even like a good mall. It was like kind of a shitty mall. And then to go to like a nice mall, it was like almost 40 minutes away. And so I don't know, just there's this like affinity that I have from malls that like, it was always a, like a fun trip to go with my mom and we would have lunch in the, um, in the, uh, um, the, 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 where all the food, I'm totally drawing a blank right now, but just like where all the food is and we just like make a day of it. And it was a fun, fun experience. So maybe it's because 
you it was one of those things it's like when people live next to the eiffel tower they just don't go to the eiffel tower but people that have never been to the eiffel tower are like oh that's amazing it's the eiffel tower it's right there how could you not go to it type thing so maybe that's where 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 your idea of the mall is just oh it's just a it's it's over there it's right there that's things and for me it's just like oh but going to the mall is fun and it's it's an adventure it's a it's a whole day trip and type thing so i don't know that that may be where it comes from too possibly uh yeah because i mean again growing up we we weren't far from the mall we could mm. you know definitely a lot easier to drive to the mall but if we mm. wanted to walk we could get there pretty because so i grew up in columbia maryland and columbia mm. is this little community um created by ed norton's grand or uh, uncle not grandfather uh, his uncle uh oh. james rouse and it was set up with each little community having a village center and each village center had a supermarket, mm-hmm. a barbershop, a liquor store. Cause most places have their alcohol inside the store, like the grocery mm-hmm. store. And then Maryland's like, nah, we're not doing that. Let's put a liquor store next door to it though. Mm-hmm. And it's the same effect. Um, so you got mm-hmm. your liquor store, grocery store, barbershop, um, usually like an eatery, a restaurant, bar, something of that nature. And then, you know, miscellaneous little shops in each village center, you know, it was made so that people could work at, you know, the places there. And then the homes were around, we had paths Mm -hmm. that connected all the villages and Mm -hmm. it all dumped off at the mall. So, you know, we were able to, you know, if we wanted to walk to the mall, we could walk comfortably, but much better to drive, you know, once we got our yeah. licenses. So we're at the mall a lot as kids. And then <laughs> I guess, yeah, as I got older, it, it became like, I'm trying to think we have one, we have quite a few malls around us, just mm-hmm. where I'm located because we have the one uh, probably about 10 minutes from us here. Then we have Annapolis and then we have one, um, probably about 25 minutes away. And then Columbia, where I grew up, that mall. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, there's all these little malls around us. So my wife still goes there because she takes my daughter to the indoor mm-hmm. playgrounds there. Mm-hmm. But anytime I have to go, I'm like, I, I, I'll try to sprain my ankle. So I don't <laughs> have to go. So, but I, I do think we, you know, we're, we're losing touch once we start going into this whole self-isolation. I think the difference between, you know, the self-isolation here versus, you know, you know, the big punishment, obviously in solitary when you're in prison is that you're choosing to self-isolate and you have all the things you want and need here. Mm-hmm. And we still have some communication. It's just that we don't have that face-to-face outside interaction, which I think is still extremely important, mm-hmm. but we still have kind of like, you know, our social media interactions, um, mm-hmm. you know, FaceTime, stuff like that. But, you know, and maybe call me old fashioned, but I, I think that that good old fashioned seeing a person face to face and just having lunch and shaking hands and hugging that I think those things we, we can't, you know, lose those things. It's very important. Oh, for sure. Like, I definitely think that jujitsu surviving and jujitsu still going on even during the pandemic kind of kind of saved a lot of that stuff and we were the biggest test case of people we were the closest interaction with each other and we all 
kind of survived. So they're, they're, yeah. I'm sure, and I, I don't mean to belittle anybody's experience or anybody that did lose a loved one to COVID, but it, it didn't turn out to be the end of the world apocalypse that everybody thought it was. And I think, I think that, that we were kind of the biggest test case of that. And we, people still trained. I still trained. I know the hundreds of people that still train throughout it. And luckily it, it now things have pretty much chilled out. Everybody's kind of back to normal ish that wants to be. And and that's cool. It's I'm I'm glad that I I always say that I'm glad that jujitsu survived, and because yeah. it's it's so important to so many people, and especially to me, I I I find it very important to me. It's it's literally my my social interaction with people. It's where I go to socialize because I don't have a day job to go to anymore. I I work for myself. I work at home, and my wife works at home. So we could potentially, if we didn't do jujitsu, we could potentially just be in our own little pocket not really doing anything so and i feel like that happened to a lot of people i feel like a lot of people that didn't have some place to go kind of went like a little nutty and like i don't know if you saw did you see that uh bo burnham special no yeah comedian yeah so he did this whole special uh this comedian bo burnham uh did this whole special in his apartment during covid and you can kind of see him go kind of mad during the, he filmed it all himself, did all of his own music and all of his own lighting, all of his own everything in, from his apartment. And his apartment couldn't be more than 400 square feet. And it was just, you kind of see the effects of just not really going anywhere, doing anything. And it was, it's a, I think it's kind of, it took me a minute to kind of appreciate like what the special was, but now seeing it, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I get that. That's it's a man kind of going a little nutty because of this isolation and this not being able to interact with people. And we, we tend not to think about cities like New York that most people live in no more than 500 square feet and they that's just where they sleep for the most part. They're normally out doing things. And that's one of the things about like living in a big city like that. So sure. it's just, it, it, it's very, it's very strange to think about that type of situation. And like where I live, I, I have a house with a big backyard and I went outside a lot and all that type of stuff. So I, there's parks around for me to go to and I walked my dog a ton and it was just, getting out wasn't really an issue for me, but somebody that doesn't have those means pretty well trapped and just kind of, you, you see kind of where the, uh, the, the downslide of mental health has gone in, in this country because of that. So it's not, not having that human interaction, that the, the ability to talk to somebody to, like you said, to even hug somebody, right? Like, do you remember your first hug? after with like a, a friend after covid and after you realized that you weren't going to die for the most part it was just yeah I, it's weird because i i'm trying to think i don't even know because well you know what i so i went to thanksgiving my grandparents mm-hmm. we normally go there but just as a precaution they didn't want to do any events mm-hmm. so a friend of mine who 
has a podcast who actually is part of what kind of prompted me to start this a little bit too, because I would be a guest on their show. He invited us down to have Thanksgiving with this family and, you know, showed up. And I think that was probably my first hug of anyone that didn't live in my home. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it was like Thanksgiving of 2020. Because mm-hmm. I can't think, I don't know that I saw anyone else, uh, you know, outside of being at work. And even at work, we had our offices blocked off from tenants. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, if someone came up to the door, you know, there's a, you know, a sign that says, call, you know, the office and we'll take care of you from there. So all of our interactions were cut off. Um, some capacity, even being able to leave the house, you know, I still had limited interaction, but I believe that first hug was with my buddy. You know, we walked in, we always hug every time we see each other, but you know, this time it was, it was a little more special just cause like with me having not seen anyone in a while, I think I bear hugged that dude was like, <laughs> might've cracked the rib or something, but yeah, it's, it, it's weird. Yeah. It, it's just, it's weird to think that it's been what two years now, and mm-hmm. it just it's, uh, it's, and then to have like an awesome event like we just had here in Portland, where there was a hundred plus people and people were just, everything is pretty much back to normal, and it's it's nice to have that. It's nice to see that that event sold out and that every everything was, kind basically, back to normal and just enjoying life and and people are living life as much as they want to i'm not telling anybody to do or not to do what they don't feel comfortable doing that's totally cool there's uh one of my training partners at the gym still wears a mask that's cool i'm not telling you not to as long as you don't tell me to so it's we we can both be just as happy training and and it's it's great it's and that's i i appreciate anybody in the community that still feels that way and it's just that's it's fine. It's all good, man. It's just we we all just want to train, right? So, absolutely. I have a coworker. Every so often, I have to uh, visit different properties, and mm-hmm. she still wears a mask in her office. Mm-hmm. So when I go there, you know, out of respect to her, I'll wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put on, you know, one of the uh, surgical masks, and I have my BJJ wiki mask over top just for show. Mm-hmm. Um, and last time I worked with her. We were talking about it. She goes, wait, are you wearing a mask because of me? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm being respectful. You uh, don't feel comfortable without the mask on and other people in the office. So out of respect to you, I'm wearing my mask. Even though we're like, I want to say we're probably 15 feet apart also, mm-hmm. the way that our desk areas are set up. So, you know, but just still out of respect, you know, I'm not going to, you know, clown her for it because yeah. to to a lot of people, this is a very scary thing and and even the like when i got it back in january i you know i made jokes about it because that's how i get through stressful situations i make light of the situation in regards to myself not you know i don't i'm not poking at anyone else but you know i was poking fun at myself and i found out a close friend um their mom passed away Mm. due to complications with COVID, and it changed my tune i just felt extremely uh you know sad for them Mm -hmm. and you know the jokes you know i I just took the jokes away i was like i don't want to laugh about this anymore 
And, you know, then after that, I, my chest started feeling weird. I was like, oh, geez, Louise, I joked myself into into COVID death. Jeez, like, <laughs> what are you going to ever learn? Like, not everything's a joke. But, um, you know, but, yeah, for everyone who feels whichever way on whichever side of the fence, that's fine. Because that's the beauty of, you know, being here is that you have the freedom to say, hey, I want to wear a mask or mm-hmm. I don't want to wear a mask. Yeah. And when, when they started telling us, you know, you have to do this or you have to do that, it's like, well, I mean, I will do it out of respect to, you know, someone if they ask me to wear it. Yeah. But when you're telling me, like, you have to because of this, 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 and that, I started feeling, you know, a certain kind of way, but still trying to be respectful without, you know, making anyone else feel uncomfortable. So, yeah, it's sure. a weird situation. It it really is. I my my new uh, my new thing. Whenever something gets a little like hairy about life, I just say life is messy, man. And it's just mm-hmm. become my it's kind of become my new thing because life really is. It's there's no. I feel I I've been seeing a lot of stuff online lately about how everybody wants to be comfortable. Oh, somebody. Oh, Drysdale. Drysdale was talking about this. Um. Uh, amazing coach, uh, amazing um, uh, person too. I actually got to talk to him about uh, quite a bit of stuff when he was in town. Um, really, really fascinating guy. Uh, I have a ton of respect for him. I mean, come on, who else can say they tapped Marcelo Garcia at ADCC? Seriously, like it's that 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 list is very very short. <laughs> So, um, but, uh, he, he was at the Nogi summit this last weekend here in Portland and he made a comment about being comfortable and every, he's just like, everybody just wants to be comfortable and that's not a bad thing. Comfortable, come uh, being comfortable is fine. That's, that's totally fine. But we're, you also have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and being in these tough situations and working out these tough situations and figuring out these tough situations. And I feel that everybody is really just, it's, it's like you're, you're, you're putting yourself into a, we're, we're simulating tough situations, but the worst case is you tap and then you move on. And he was talking about it in the training room about if, about using using that training room he said he was talking about how hard rolls are good they're very good and you should get them but you don't have to go a thousand percent every time and it's like use use the training room for for a situation that you can uh work yourself out of and if you tap you tap okay it's and even i've I've heard don her say that too that about gary tonin getting tapped in training and He'll get tapped 50 times in training, but if he's working on a specific thing, then that isn't that a good thing because you're figuring out the weaknesses in those areas, right? So yeah, yeah it's just and, and I think that can be applied to life a lot too. It's get out of your comfort zone. And I, I think it was Jordan Peterson was talking about like if you're a perfectionist, that doing doing something new is very difficult because you want to be perfect at it the first time. And you get frustrated at yourself that you're not perfect the first time. But if you if you can push through that and realize that that's a growth edge for you, isn't that good to push through that and to 
to get past that and to to move through it and then then you become good at a thing that's how that's how you go from not knowing a thing to becoming good at a thing is you just keep doing it until you become good at it by learning the ins and outs of it so so it's interesting that you bring that specific aspect of it in uh learning new things you know mm -hmm. if you're a perfectionist you know it's good to do new things but a lot of times we have a hard time because we want to be good at that right away mm -hmm. so first i want to start this by saying thank you for the gear everything oh yeah yeah for sent sure. over. um i so i've never done a testimonial or a review video or any type of video i'm very uncomfortable in front of a camera uh, mm -hmm. even with doing this the way the camera used to be set up before i got uh i used to have a, a, a detached camera so i could slide it to mm -hmm. the side so you could only see half of my face <laughs> um i was just i'm always very awkward now i can't hide from it, other than just turning the video off and i i just feel that takes away some of the humanity in in these situations mm -hmm. but uh trying to do the video I think I shot that thing was about maybe 20 times and each time it was just like, like I'll go through a full run, play it back. Nope. Don't like it. Shoot it over again. Play it back. Nope. Don't like, or I'll start before I can even get four words out of my mouth. Nope. Turn it off. And, and it, there was this thing in me that was like, like, just kind of eaten away because it's like i'm not a perfectionist by any means mm -hmm. but i also you know if i if i start doing something it's like i want to be able to kind of grow with it like i mean with this podcast i mean if you go back and listen to the first however many episodes it's it is a train wreck <laughs> um, and I, i'm surprised people listen I, you know actually last week was uh two years that I've, oh, since nice. I've started this. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and it's funny because I have the same guest for that episode, first episode, the one year episode and the two, two year episode. And oh, we were cool. joking. It was like, it, it, finally we got good sound. It took us two years, but we finally figured out how to actually get us both to sound the same. We almost messed that up too. So it was like, geez, Louise, three straight episodes of us. And he only does it once a year with me. <laughs> and each time there's some mess up with the audio but as i'm doing these videos i'm just sitting there thinking it's like it doesn't have to be perfect as much yeah. as you want it to be perfect it doesn't have to be perfect you just have to kind of you know the big thing was showing uh the items and making sure that i mentioned you know the thank you and where to find you and you know those were the points that were hit and i was like okay those points are there like we're good but then I kept going back. Nope, nope. There's something missing. It's too long. The video's too long. Like we got to cut the video down. All right, we got the video cut down. Now what? Uh, all right. You you said um too many times. Shoot it over again. So, but that's a good thing. It, it exercises our 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 minds. It exercises you know our struggle. You know because mm -hmm. you know even with with jujitsu, I I know I go in and. You know, I'm comfortable getting, you know, being the nail. And it's like, like, okay, it's time to get comfortable being the hammer. And I'm not mm -hmm. comfortable being the hammer. 
It's like I survive very well, so I fall into the survival game where it's like I know you can't get me, so I'm going to put myself in the dangerous spots. It's like, dude, why don't you go and be dangerous to someone else, though? So mm. it, it's, the, the, you know, the ideal of being scared of, you know, or, or wanting to do things right all the time and then being scared of messing up or not looking perfect or looking good. That is a real thing that I know I struggle with. And it's not even so much about being perfect as much as it's about I'm so good at this one thing. Now I have to try something else. And maybe it's just that climb that's going to be hard. But the reward is being able to look at it a year later and say, look where I was and look where I am. And I, 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 for myself, that's like the new challenge is just being able to be aware of those things. But I want to see that with, you know, others as well. When I see someone new coming to the gym, you know, my daughter who, you know, when she's building with Legos, you know, it, it, it's just like you said, life's messy and the comfort thing, it gets very bizarre because we get comfortable being good at something, but the, that discomfort of starting new and not being the best or at least being, you know, in the middle of the pack, you know, it, it's, it can be miserable, but well worth it once you start to improve oh for sure yeah i'm i'm definitely a, a big big proponent of getting out of my own comfort zone and trying new things and it, what's funny is you're talking about just like screwing up the video the funny part where my brain went was oh i want to see all the the screw-ups i want to see like a master cut of all the screw-ups <laughs> just like set to like yakety sacks or something like something like goofy <laughs> like that just because i i almost want i want to know how the sausage is made i want like some yeah. of my favorite some of my favorite videos to watch on youtube or reels and stuff like that are the behind yeah. the scenes stuff like i i remember growing up and i would watch all the behind the scenes uh we had hbo and so they always had like behind the scenes of um of movies new movies that are coming out and so i love those because i you got to see like how how everything was made and how they did the costumes and how they did the makeup and where they filmed and all that stuff and i just maybe it's just my brain that that's how it goes that i i like like i said i like to see how the sausage is made i i like to have a lot of knowledge about things because it's funny i actually get this i saw this really funny meme it was like oh i needed to uh um i was watching a movie with my wife and i needed to uh um google this actor because my brain itched and i needed to see every other movie they were ever in ever and i was like oh yeah that's exactly how it feels it feels like my brain is itching for knowledge and it, it's funny it actually happened this last weekend because a friend of mine my buddy nathan um was talking about you know the arch on the top of japanese architecture yeah, you know, yeah. That, that, that arch it's usually like uh it's it's called a tori and i know that now because he was trying to like come up with the name of what it was and it stuck with me for a whole day i was like oh i need to google that i need to google that i finally googled it and i got it and now i just that's just from random facts that i have in my head that that i knew it had a name but i didn't know what it was but now i i had to know it and it was bugging me so much that i had to google what it was and I think a lot of that also, and I feel like 
in jujitsu, there's a lot of people that have that same brain that like mm-hmm. they're, Oh, I got tapped. How do I get out of that? And then they, they go to the computer, they ask their friends, they're like, how do I deconstruct what I just learned? Or how do I deconstruct what I just got caught with and use it to my advantage type thing? And I, I definitely think jujitsu plays, it, it definitely goes to that type of mindset. And I'm sure there's like, there's, there's lots of different mindsets that play really well, but I feel people like that tend to tend to excel a little bit faster a lot of times because they have that inquisitive mind because they're not just showing up, doing class, going home, eating dinner, watching a TV show, going to bed. They are, okay, I went to class and then they're writing down on their phone, what did I get tapped with? And then they're going, they're driving home and on their drive home, they're thinking about all the roles. And then when they get home, they're Googling, oh, I got tapped with a Kimura from side control. How do I get out of that? What are some who has good escapes? What what tournament athlete has some good escapes or has some good reversals or asking their coach, hey, I got tapped with a Kimura from side control. How do I get out of that? And just being having just having the awareness to know that, oh, I this is a thing I need to learn or I want to I want to learn, not even need to. I want to learn and having that that inquisitive mind definitely helps. For jiu-jitsu and i see i see that in a lot of my training partners i see people that that like they say what nerds that strangle each other there, there's a lot of jujitsu nerds out there and i have i have some really good training partners that i can that are literally a rolodex of um uh, information when it comes to that i could say oh what was that that matt who did so-and-so compete against oh that was so and they could oh you mean so-and-so and so-and-so and he got him with xyz and just like it's it, but but they have like no other like my, my buddy kevin is really big on that and i'm not sure if you ha- do you do you have any training partners that are like that that are just that's, yes they they don't really do much else it's ju- just jujitsu and so you can but those kind of guys i feel are very important in jujitsu I, I i appreciate those types of people because they they have that knowledge and they're, they're they're kind of like a like i said they're my own rolodex of knowledge when it comes to those type of things so it's 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 cool to see people that are that into a thing and i appreciate anybody that's into a thing that much and it just so happens to be jujitsu i really appreciate that i think when it comes to being on the mat and having that thirst for knowledge it, it it's like i always think about I have this one teammate I, I train with on Wednesday mornings and he is just full of questions, mm-hmm. which is, you know, again, that's, you know, that's what we're there for. We're there to deconstruct and, and solve this puzzle. Like in the morning, I'm, you know, if, if coach gives me, uh, you know, the technique and we're drilling, that's what I'm there for. Just for that move for right now, I'll ask my questions, you know, at the end, which for me, that's how my brain works. Mm. It's like, let's take care of this first. It's compartmentalized. You know, it's like, this is here. Now this is there. It's interesting seeing people's brains work like that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very much. And the thing is, you know, it was not a bad thing. It was like, I get, again, I get where he's coming from. It's like, 
but for me, it was like, you know, selfishly, I was like, look, let me just do this this way because this is what <laughs> coach said do. Because yeah. if, if I veer off, mm-hmm. I lose it all. Mm-hmm. So let me have this first. We'll rep this and then I get what you're saying. Then we can explore, you know, getting to the darts. And, and, you know, you need those people though, because those are the people that are going to have an arsenal versus, you know, if you're not asking questions, you're going to have what you have in your pocket, but it's not going to be, uh, you know, it won't be a Swiss army knife. Mm-hmm. You'll just have like a regular old switchblade. I was like, okay, this is my one attack. Whereas you got the guys asking all the questions, they're going to have other tools now in that pocket knife that they mm-hmm. can jump from. And, you know, I appreciate that, you know, especially, especially once you figured it out, then you start to really work on the technique of it. Because mm-hmm. my one teammate and I were sitting there talking about it. And the big thing I, you know, have kind of come into jujitsu with is I'm a brute. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm just like, a, if I, if I see a big guy on the mat, I want to go with the big guy. Cause I know we're mm-hmm. just going to be two Rams colliding and then we'll, we'll get into the technique, but first mm-hmm. we got to beat the shit out of each other to get to the ground. And it's like, now mm-hmm. we're on the ground. Okay. Now let's figure out our technique. Um, whereas again, this one teammate I, I was, I work with on Wednesdays, he's a smaller fella. So he's, he's always packing things away into the pocket knife and, and, um, you know, he makes it work. It's just that him getting there, he, you, you could just see his brain going. It's like, he looks like, look like you're short circuiting. Just relax. <laughs> like we'll get there. So, uh, you know, it's definitely needed though in this sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool to see. And I think a lot of people don't realize there I, I feel like people think that oh you need to be xyz to be good at jujitsu like wait a second no there's there's a lot of different body types there's a lot of different people have strengths and weaknesses like a long limber uh, guy with lots of flexibility isn't is going to be able to do certain things that a guy that is a short stocky no neck wrestler isn't going to be able to do and vice versa. They, they'll both have their, their strengths and their weaknesses, but it's all jujitsu. And I actually just saw this great, I reposted this great uh, 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 video that uh, uh, my friend uh, um, James Foster, he's a black belt, multiple time um, uh, master's world champion. Um, and he, uh, he posted this video about making jujitsu work for you and it was this it was it's it's such a simple concept but it's also oh make jujitsu work for you because just because somebody grabs a kimura this way doesn't mean it's wrong as long as it's still a kimura and you get that finish there just because like even like think of like a guy like so we just had uh john jock machado here right mm-hmm. and i had always heard that he didn't have fingers on his left hand and he literally has like two fingers he has like a thumb and a pinky on his left hand so how's that guy going to grab a kimura the same way i'm going to grab a kimura he figured out a way to make jujitsu work for him at the highest level even 
and it's just yeah. it's just and even still like i i've i've heard of people rolling with him and he's still a beast on the mats even at his age i think he's 50 54 56 something like that and he's he's in great shape and he uh my buddy kevin was talking to him and he was like how many how often do you take a rest day he's like oh i don't take a rest day i i train and then i go home i rest and then i come back and train more it's if, if you have to take a rest from the thing you love you don't love it that much it's he and that's i i get that, that that's kind of an old school mentality but it also just the mindset of something like that is like oh yeah if, if you really love something you don't necessarily need to take a rest from it i i i love my dog i don't need to take a break from being around her. I love my wife. I don't need to take a break from being around her. I enjoy her company and I enjoy doing things with her. And it's just, I, I love my family. I enjoy being around them. Like genuinely enjoy. I love going to the gym. I don't need a rest from going to the gym. I sometimes I need a rest physically just because I'm tired, but also I've gone to the gym, but have you had those times where you go to the gym tired and you leave and you're kind of not as tired as you were when you went there? So <laughs> that's like, was I really that tired or was I kind of like bullshitting myself? Like, Oh, I'm kind of tired. I'm not feeling it, but it's just, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's that whole idea of making jujitsu work for you. was just this new, this new thing that I just had seen today. And I was, and I was really happy to hear somebody at that level say something like that. And it's, it, there, there are these guys, there's these, these great black belts out there that have these concepts that have these, these ideas that I, that's, I'm really thankful for the internet for that, that I get to see, I, I have, I've taken a foster seminar before and luckily he's not that far away. He's only up in Seattle, a couple hours away. And to, to kind of stay connected via social media. And that's, that's I, I actually had this conversation recently with a friend that social media has, it's just a tool like anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can use it for good or for evil, basically. Um, and yeah. the fact that I, and people talk about how bad social media is, right? Or they don't want to do TikTok or they don't want to make reels. Well, you don't have to, nobody's forcing you to do any of that, right? Um, but you can still enjoy it. And as long as that enjoyment doesn't become an addiction or what have you. Yep. Right. So like, I, I have a timer on my phone for how much I can even use Instagram. So, um, but just having, having these, um, there's a, another gentleman, a, a very, very high level black belt, uh, Christian Woodsmansey. Um, he has a uh, logic. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, he's, another guy that has posted some like very profound stuff about training. And I actually was able to take a couple of um, uh, seminars from him. He was, he was at the Nogi summit, not this year, but last year. And I really like really locked in with the, his style of teaching. And then I was able, actually able to take another seminar from him um, at, uh, um, at a checkmate affiliate, not that far away as well. And it just, but I, and so I started following him on Instagram and just these, these little nuggets of knowledge that are, it's almost like, 
it's the same thing. It could almost be, I, and I, I tend to do this a lot, but just life philosophy even, right? That, sure. oh, make life work for you. It make make relationships work for you make make what make your family work for you as in just don't don't be so combative with it try and just like like uh uh, was it hickson said uh flow with the go just like it's just do don't it's just be more relaxed with it and be more comfortable with it and and figure out a way to make it work figure out a way to 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 for it to not be that stressful thing that you do or that relationship's not as stressful as a thing or i don't know just just being more zen and maybe, maybe this is just my hippy dippy wife finally getting through to me and just kind of kind of just making making things a little bit easier on yourself and making things a little bit easier in general right well i, I think jujitsu really anything but i think for us jiu-jitsu specifically because of our connection to it is a you know big metaphor for life and life is a metaphor for jiu-jitsu you know however you cut it you know you know when you train and you run into a problem on the mat you know you problem solve and and you know like you said with jean jacques you know he had to make jiu-jitsu work for him and you know that's no different than you know if you're in a classroom and, you know, maybe your teacher doesn't understand that you're dyslexic. You know, you figured it out. You can get around it. Some some kids can. Some may need some extra help to it. But, you know, life finds a way. You know, yeah. You, you'll, yeah. you'll get to it. You know, it. I think that's just one of those beautiful things in general when we're doing anything. Like when I'm playing basketball, like I am, I, I have no left hand. And <laughs> everyone knows it. If they force me to my left i can't do anything but i figure ways out around it it's just mm-hmm. definitely not going to the left i just can't do it but that's the whole thing you know I, I have a colostomy bag and i've had to figure out how to do combat sports with that i've had to figure out how to play football with that we, you know we figure out ways to do especially if it's something that we love we're going to, you know, get around the opposition and get to that activity that we want to do on Wednesday mornings when I got to go to class. And that's how I think of it is I have to go to class. Ugh, I'm mm-hmm. tired. Mm-hmm. Once I get there on the mat, boom, a spark of energy. I feel good. Well, except for when they make us do bear crawls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, nah, I should have stayed home. But once, you know, we get you know, in, into the groove of everything, all the energy comes back. I feel good. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to leave. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, I, you know, I don't want to speak for others. I, I can only really speak for myself in this regard, but it's like, if there's something that I end up quitting or not doing, mm-hmm. I probably didn't want to do it in the first place. I probably didn't oh, love it in the yeah. first place. Yeah. So it, it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't scratch that itch for you. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, I tried Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. Wasn't for me. So mm-hmm. as soon as I made Shin to Shin contact with somebody, I was like, nope. <laughs> oh yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That, that shit does not feel good. <laughs> well, yeah. I, and like, I, I don't know if I told you if I was doing Muay Thai back, uh, when we uh, first did our, uh, first interview, 
but mm-hmm. um yeah i i um i've been doing muay thai and i've i've been loving it because i'm a white belt all over again i'm yeah. i'm so new at it and it's actually pretty cool because my wife um isn't a white belt at it she's been doing it for a couple years now and so to have her as a training partner it's been it's been interesting because she'll get kind of i don't know she actually told me one time she was like i'm kind of frustrated that the fact that how fast you're picking this up and i was like well i'm also like watching youtube videos and watching reels and like are i'm i'm shadow boxing and I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to classes when I can, and I'm going to classes more than you are recently. And it's just, of course, I'm gonna. And I are, I also have this ability that I've already accomplished something in a combat sport. That I'm a brown belt. That I've, I've put this time in, and so I kind of, it's, it's that. What is it? Uh, Miyamoto Masashi. Uh, once you know the way, you see it in all things. Mm-hmm. It's yep. my, my, my buddy Phil. Um, or a black belt. He actually said that one time. He was like, "Oh, I'm a black belt. I can I can figure if I I can figure just about anything out." And I was like, "Oh yeah, like there aren't a whole lot of black belts in this world. Like to become one is very very rare, and it's also like it's proof that you can do a thing very well. And so you can kind of and just that just even having that mindset of oh I can do a thing." I can figure it out. I, I've done. I've done this thing. I can. I've done the thing that not many people have done, and like I, I can figure it out. I can. It's just. It's. It's a very growth mindset to have. Yeah. yeah. And it's. 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 It's cool to see that when you see that in people and stuff. It's just. But yeah, it's just like. Yeah. Well, I always think when. You see someone that's a black belt. So if I go to an Instagram account and I'll see somebody mm-hmm. and they're like a multi, you know, they're black belt in multiple martial arts, mm-hmm. you know, it's this thing in my head where it's like, well, I'm not shocked, you know, because mm-hmm. like you say, you know, you figured it out here, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to figure out the other places. It's going to take you your time. And a lot oh, yeah. of times I'll see like black belt in, you know, Taekwondo, uh, karate, you know, and then you get the jujitsu and it'll say brown or you know purple or brown belt and it's like oh it's only a matter of time i mean mm-hmm. you know you're you're going through the motions oh yeah and you know uh who's it uh dave uh mustang from uh uh megadeth mm-hmm. i believe he's a brown belt maybe a purple mm-hmm. belt but he's also a black belt in a couple other martial arts so mm-hmm. there's no shocker that yeah. he's moving along like he is at, at he's like in his 50s mm-hmm. you know and started late in life too so again not a shocker it, it's yeah. I, I always think of that when you know my buddy i don't think he's gonna ever try it but we talk about it and he loves boxing it mm-hmm. like he he studies boxing never set foot in the gym i don't mm-hmm. know you know it could just be I mean, shit, I don't want to get hit either. <laughs> That's why I'm not boxing. But, you know, it's like, I tell him, it's like, dude, I know if you step onto this mat with us, you will soak this up mm-hmm. and, and you will, you will fucking soar. Um, I, I, he, I don't think he has the interest in it. He's interested, but not enough to, you know, go through the motions of it. Cause we'll talk about MMA. We'll talk about, 
you know, I'll tell him about jujitsu from my side of it. But I, you know, I feel like he's the kind of guy who's like, you get out there, you get a black belt. I, you know, you know, over, you know, you'll put in the time for it. Yeah. Um, but I feel that way with, you know, quite a few intelligent people. It's like yeah. it's, it's a matter of that discipline and that drive and that want to do it. The, the, those those pure martial artists. Like, yeah, I, I I've met a few of them. Uh, Adelaide Cleveland, out of Tenth Planet, Detroit, I believe. Um, Nathan Nathan Orchard, of course. Uh, that yeah. man has he he is an ever evolving martial artist and it's it's amazing to see him take so so many different martial arts and he like for a while he was super into sword work and um he was using that to retrain his mind for jujitsu and it was just like dude like being able to do that you he has this brain that is and then for a while he he posted some really cool videos of him working with um was it the it's the kind of like the dart on the rope and, and that uh, you know the oh, okay. yeah yeah you know what i'm talking about and yep. it was just and doing that it's just like it's awesome to see these guys that are that this have these brains for this and they definitely help the the sport just level up and just ever evolving ever changing right and it's it, it, it's cool to see that and there was actually a lot of discussion about uh Dreisdell actually brought up a lot of discussions about his thoughts on kind of how the sports kind of changed jujitsu and he's he's not really sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing because it's just he he, he had a lot of opinions on it which is which is cool i think it, i think it should be a conversation i don't think it should be well sport jujitsu isn't real combat and if you ever pulled guard in the street you just get kicked in the head blah 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 blah. like well yeah but there's <laughs> there's there's so many factors and i think uh brandon mccaffrey actually just posted something like that too uh, yeah i, I yeah. just looked at it yeah and, and and my comment to that was just like well why don't we just bring back thunderdome i'm i'm cool with that like two men enter one man leave like chainsaws and like harnesses let's do that let's bring out fucking master blaster and shit it's just I mean... it it's I, but it's also like yeah okay but it, but you also can't discount that jujitsu is still combat that i feel more comfortable around people that know jujitsu like we all went out to a bar um uh here in portland uh on saturday for like kind of like as a group activity because the fights were actually um uh on and uh there was a 10 planet uh girl out of san diego uh julia miller okay. And she just oh, yeah, won her yeah. yeah dude she dominated she 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 fucked that girl up and it was cool to see because i've, I've actually got a role with her she's a super nice girl um really cool uh to see um to see a 10 planet girl get her dues and now she's in the ufc and it's just she's a she's a beast too she she fucked that girl up and she if it if she hadn't have I think she ended up uh, getting her on TKO, and uh, if I if I remember correctly, but if if it had gone to the card, she would have won every round. She just dominated this chick, and it was it was awesome. It was, and I kind of like her because she likes to talk shit too. So it's I I can appreciate that. I I like I like a 
a good shit talker. I'm, I'm a big like Nick and Nate Diaz fan. And I, I kind of like the, 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 that just because you kind of have to have that little bit of shit talk in fights. But anyway, we were, um, I digress. We were out, uh, at a bar and every, basically everybody that was at the summit, uh, was out at the bar. So I felt really comfortable that we were all out at the bar and, if anything did happen to any of us, we were all pretty chill and like everything. Was, and also like all the door guys all trained at American top team or trained at American top team or are MMA fighters. So it was just, it was kind of cool to, that it was just like, Oh, I feel pretty comfortable here. Even though like it's still, they're still checking guys at the door for like knives or weapons or what have you. And yeah. it's still, it's still a bar. So <clears throat> you get enough drunk people doing drunk people shit. So I ended up like leaving it, I think like eight 45 because I'm a 37 year old man that had to go home and water his vegetables and uh, pet his dog. So <laughs> I, I know those feelings, <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's just, I would much rather be around people that train in like a street situation than to yeah. not be, it, it's just, it's that much more, right? It's just, it's that much more, and it's funny, my wife and I have actually been talking a lot about this. Another thing that jujitsu kind of gives you is situational awareness. Absolutely. Just like, like how many, how often do you see somebody walking or on the street, like down the street on their phone, headphones on, or just oblivious to everything else that's going on, just like kind of wander into the street. It's just like you could be a person pancake right now, just like have a little bit of situational awareness and just, and especially nowadays with kind of, if you live in a big city, you have to have it, your head kind of on a swivel all the time for, for people driving. And then just for whatever crazies are out there because there are crazies out there. So it's something that I, you know, I always say with my buddy, I don't like to go out too often. Mm -hmm. A big part of it is, there are a lot of crazies out there and and we've hardly ever had any situations where an altercation is broken up, but you just never know. And I, you know, it's like, I went out to brunch with the old friend a few weeks back and the bartender I had on a BJJ wiki shirt and he sees it and he goes, Oh, you train, you know, we got to have a good conversation and there was a comfort to that, mm-hmm. you know, just knowing it's like, okay, you know, there's someone else in here, you know, you know, we have this connection, we have this understanding, whereas you go to, you know, most bars in Baltimore, and I don't know everyone in the bar, but, you know, you always get this feeling of just this rowdiness and just people not, you know, it's like everybody wants to get into a street fight. And, you know, us within this community is like, we're not afraid to utilize what we have to subdue somebody, but we're not looking for a fight. And I think that's one of those things when you look at a martial artist, a a real martial artist who, who cares about what they do and loves the art, you know, your discipline, you know, you're, you're not utilizing this as something as a party trick or something that, you know, it's like when, you know, used to teach the kids class, that was one thing we always teach the kids is, you know, this stuff that we're learning here, we're not using this in school to play. This isn't for play. This isn't for fun. This is for 
self-defense, you know, as they move up and, you know, they get into the, the, uh, uh, competition classes, you know, then you have that aspect of it, but ultimately you're learning this for self-defense and self-discipline. Um, and, and when you're out and about is especially in Baltimore, you know, you just don't get that feeling. You always feel like, well, well what, what, what is it? You're, I, I, I was immediately thinking, um, we were talking about the kids classes like, Oh, it's like Peter Parker with great power comes great responsibility. Right? Like you have this, Absolutely. you have this ability to kind of control a situation. If it's, if things go pretty well and, Unfortunately, with the massive tragedy that happened this weekend, yes, slow and just like it, it, and it really like that one, that one really affected me because I I have this feeling not that I knew him or anything like that, but it just because he was one of the good ones, right? Like yes. I, I'm not I'm not trying to bring bring like the mood down or anything, but like I I want to celebrate how like good of a person he was. He was he was he's younger than me. He was only thirty three. And a world yeah. world class world class athlete, world champion, just and a good dude apparently. Just like it's hard to hear a single person say a bad thing about him. Sure, he had to had some somebody made some comment about like him getting into like bar scuffles, but who hasn't type thing? Who hasn't gotten yeah. to like a shoving match? And 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 it, it sounded like he liked to party too. And it's just like yeah, we we've all done stupid shit like that, but it never was. I don't think it was ever like I don't think he went out really like looking for it. I think it yeah. kind of just wrong place, wrong time type thing. And and I think I feel like that was the same with this situation. He would just but also just like it just it sucked. It just I don't know. It just it, it, it made me sad and it was just and also just yeah. the fact that I was like I'm older than him and it was just I don't know. It just that one that one kinda that one affected me a little bit. And then also I think was it just today? Uh, Judo Jean Bell passed as well. Oh, I didn't. Wow, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, apparently that just happened as well. And just like, man, like life is finite, right? It's just this. Yeah. It's but but luckily these guys will live on. Like people will be talking about Low for years, for decades, probably even. They'll they'll definitely yeah. be talking about Jean Labelle. Talk, talk about a guy that's left his mark on 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 MMA, on judo, on on the UFC. Without him, we wouldn't have Ronda Rousey. Without Ronda Rousey, yeah. we wouldn't have a women's division in the UFC. Yeah. It's just yeah. like make make a make a bigger mark than that, man. Like you helped cultivate an entire women's division in the UFC that Dana said would never happen. It's just like yep. it's just the the fact that he. He trained with Bruce Lee that he was, was going to say Hollywood, his effect no, on Hollywood there. Geez, seriously. Like he, he was, he was a uh, stunt coordinator on the green mm-hmm. Hornets. He was like, name, name a dude that has had a, a bigger effect in, in kind of like almost, I would almost say mainstreaming like martial arts in a way and mainstreaming judo and mainstreaming a lot of that stuff. And, and that, for, for sports to grow, for things to grow like that, you need somebody that kind of like bridges that gap, right? You need, you need a person that is like an everyman that is also very good at what they do type thing. So it's just, it, it, it is sad. To, it's, it's sad to see these to, I know they're two kind of separate things, but to see, to see 
Gene LaBelle die. But he, he lived a, an amazing life, right? To, he lived a very full life. And then to see somebody like Lowe that just got cut down halfway through what could have been in a much more amazing life. He, he, sure, he was still competing. He was actually, Gordon even said uh, that he was set to have a match with him later this year. Yeah, he was uh, going to be at uh, IBJJF um, on the Grand Prix Yeah, on the 12th. And, and it's just... It's crazy to see. Like, I woke up that morning, you know, and most times I don't typically grab my phone first thing in the morning. Typically, I get up, I move around, and and then I come to my phone. And I, you know, but this morning, you know, that morning, I picked up my phone, went to Instagram. And first thing I see is um, a picture of uh, Lo. And it was in Portuguese and I don't know, you know, any Portuguese, you know, at all, but I also can figure things out. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I think that says what I think it says. And uh, let me go ahead and hit the translate. I was like, Oh shit. And then I just started swiping and it's all over the place. I was like, Oh my yeah. God. Um, it, it's, you know, very sad, very tragic. And, you know, at the end of the day, this this is a man who, you know, like you said, he was one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. You know, he was one of the guys that, you know, I've never heard anything bad about him. Like you said, mm-hmm. you know, someone might come out and say, oh, well, you know, he likes to party, blah, blah, blah. And that's something that bugs me, too. It's like when somebody passes away, mm-hmm. you know, people are mourning. You know, mm-hmm. people are celebrating their life. You always have mm-hmm. some, you know, twat that comes along and then says, you know, yeah, well, it's like, you know. Could you not right now? It's, it's like yeah. the day of, like, geez, yeah. Louise. Um, so, so yeah, they like with that, you know, you know, you know, thoughts and prayers, likes and shares. You know, yeah. it's like it, 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 it's 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 de- it, there was you could tell that, and like um, we had our uh, Dry, uh, Drysdale was the last uh, seminar, one of the last seminars over the weekend and so that happened saturday night and it got announced like sunday morning like you said and um drysdale kind of hit on it a little bit he made it he made a comment about it and um you could kind of tell that there was like there was something a little off in the room just by like oh people knew who he was and knew like he he was a pillar of the the jiu-jitsu community right like he's when you Mm -hmm. say names of like world-class athletes he's up there he's he's up there with the with the the gordon ryan's and the fucking marcelo garcia's and the the all all those guys are it's it's that it's that generation it's that ilk it's that that mid 30s early late 20s group of guys that are just like at that level the the andre gaval the like if any of those guys past like it was just like oh yeah that that hits the community pretty hard and that's just like yeah yeah but it's just and it, it is it is really rough to 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 think about and but it also kind of goes back to that like whole thought of like in a bar situation in a street fight whatever you want to call it it's man i i i definitely i i i'm more default to i i remember seeing a video recently of jocko jocko willink talking about that and he was mm-hmm. like oh i run like yeah and this is a guy who's probably killed some people um <laughs> and 
he's like oh in, in, in any type of conflict people ask like what's what's the best thing to know like have a gun have martial arts whatever no run get away yeah. i'm gonna get away as fast as i can because i don't know what what somebody else's capacity for violence is Correct. even yep. and even in that situation low apparently subdued the guy and then as soon as he got off of him the guy shot him so it was just like jesus it's like even being able to control some it's 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 such a it's such a scary situation and i'm just like i want nothing to do with it i'm just like peace out yeah. i'm like like whatever you want man short of harming me or my wife or somebody i care about like man it's just it's it, it's so it's it's such a yeah, I, I I hope to never be in a situation like that. I hope to I hope none nobody I know sure. is ever in a situation like that, right? Yeah, it, it's a scary thought and just ideal of, like you say, you're not you're not aware of what anyone else is capable of. It, it's mm-hmm. you know we, we live in a weird world where, you know, like me as a kid growing up in the '80s, you know, into the '90s. That, that was a big thing where it's like, look, you get into a scrap, you get into a scrap, and that's just it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then eventually, you know, we start getting to a point, this was more so in the 90s, where people want to bring out weapons, people want to bring out knives, people want to bring out guns. And, and you know, I'm definitely not one to say, you know, you know, take away weapons, take away guns, take away, you know, you know we have a right to defend ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, going into, you know, wherever you may go, whether it be a bar, club, or anything, you know, you'd hate to think like, oh, they have to have, you know, detectors, you know, metal detectors mm-hmm. or something. But people are crazy. Uh, yeah. you know, like you said, life gets messy. Mm-hmm. And e- even, you know, with my wife, when she goes out, you know, I always tell her, you know, you know, please be aware, mm-hmm. you know. Especially, you know, when you're, you know, and we don't go out too, too often, you know, she's most of the time she goes to the store, she works overnight most of the time. Mm -hmm. So when she's going to Walmart or Target or something in the morning, it's like the morning hours, you know, where it's seemingly, you know, safe and okay. But, you know, there used to be a point where, you know, she'd go out, you know, to where we grew up uh, in Columbia and there were, you know, talks and reports of uh, people snatching women up and I, you know, told my wife, I was like, be aware, yeah. you know, even better, just don't go out there. But if you have to go out there, be aware, uh, number one for yourself, but number two, you have our daughter, you know, who's an infant at this time. So, you know, just please always be aware. Um, you know, we just live in this goofy world where people don't value life you know it's like people don't value others you know in the sense of like you know i care you know they're mm-hmm. people are commodities to some and then to others people are just you know expendable and it's unfortunate and you you like to think i'm an optimist so i love to believe that you know like we have 80 percent good people 20 percent bad people but the thing is that's nearly 8 billion people so 20 yeah, percent of nearly 8 billion that's a lot of fucking bad people there's a lot of that people. Well, like, what is it? Um, if you actually look up the statistics of how many people are sociopaths, like straight up have no no capacity for right and wrong, no capacity for like that. Like, if the numbers are kind of scary, I think it's like five percent or something like that. 
So even even if it's one percent, okay, let's take it down to one percent of people are are straight up straight up sociopaths. That's one out of a hundred. That's what a hundred out of a thousand. That's a thousand out of a hundred out of a hundred thousand. That's a million out of a hundred million. So that means there are. 2 million straight up sociopaths in the United States alone. If the population is what 2 million people, or actually yeah. I think it, yeah, it's like 2 million. I think we're two, like two, three. Two, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So then it's 3 million straight up sociopaths. That's more, that's almost the entire population of the state of Oregon. I think the population of the state of Oregon that I live in is like 4 million people. So that's kind of, that's, that's like half the population of that's if half the population of New York city or a yeah. major metropolitan city is straight up. Just like would kill you, not even think about you and just keep walking. It's just like, that's a lot of fucking yeah. people to be straight up sociopaths. And when you start putting it into like those type of, and I know like statistics have variations and stuff like that, but that's just like sure. a very like simplistic way to think about it. And it's just like, Oh yeah. Like, there are straight up people that just, and it's not that like they're good or bad. Their their brains are just fucked up and just miswired, and that's just kind of how it is. Like I remember watching, uh, um, like I, I I know everybody loves like a good murder, like uh, murder documentary or like when or like profiling documentary and stuff like that. And they start mm-hmm. doing like brain scans of these guys that are straight up crazy, and they all kind of have the same brain which is really weird, right? Like it's, it's kind of, it's like, Oh yeah, well that kind of makes sense, but it's also kind of like, could we just like brain scan everybody to kind of like, and keep an eye on those that haven't done anything yet. But, uh, it, it's a funny thing. Cause like when we talk about like sociopaths, I had a friend who would claim that they're a sociopath. Mm-hmm. And I told them they're not. I was like, you're not a sociopath. You know, like yeah. just looking at the, the characteristics of everything. It's like, also, I don't know that sociopaths really know that they're sociopaths or psychopaths. So. Even. Yeah. You know, they, they think they are absolutely normal. You mm-hmm. know, you know, there's some people that might get that sense of like, something's a little off, but this is my normal. Mm-hmm. And they don't, you know, think anything further of it, but it, it gets really it gets really hairy out there because you know there, there's that uh I, this stat that they always say is like the average person walks by 36 you know serial killers in their lifetime or some shit like yeah. that and it's like that's it's weird to hear that stat because it's like well how do you figure that stat out number one but number two it's like we don't know you know yeah. we just don't know it's like i look at my neighborhood the little cul-de-sac that i live in it's like you know, once upon a time ago, you knew the people in your neighborhood. Mm. Like, I know the next door neighbor uh, who's been here since we got, they were here before us. Uh, my wife mm. has spoken to the uh, to the uh, wife next door. The people across the street, because our kids play together, and um, uh, the, the dad, he just put me through this uh, kettlebell workout over the weekend, which my body still hurts from. <laughs> And then um, there's an older gentleman two doors down. He's like the neighborhood. You know, he sees you. He comes out. He says hello. But mm. all these other houses, 
It's like we don't know who's who 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 does what, who's what. And the thing is, it's like you know, privacy is what it is. You know, yeah. you, you don't need to know everyone's business. But it's just like there used to be a point where you at least knew your neighbors, you see your neighbors, you say hello to your neighbors. Now people rush into their houses. Mm-hmm. You know, no one interacts. No, you know, no one's aware of anything. And I think, you know, like because I watch a lot of horror movies and I, I do the podcast. <laughs> one thing we talk about is horror movies from the seventies, and that's when mm-hmm. the slasher films kind of kicked off. And in two thousand seven, they remade Halloween. Rob mm-hmm. Zombie remade, it, and a lot of people disliked yeah. it. I, I was rather fond of it personally. Mm-hmm. And people can be like, well, you're not a real horror fan. Eat a dick. Um, like <laughs> that shit's well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, your opinion's wrong. What? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, yeah, like, let's not do this. <laughs> like, because because look, at the end of the day, I'm a brute. I'll resort down to like I'll beat you up. Like, that's yeah. what that comes down to. But, and no, but no one wants like, that. How how can an opinion be wrong? Like, it's well, your yeah, opinion. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think we've gotten to this thing where we are so, you know, we're, we're so hooked into this ideal of right or wrong that if we feel a certain way, a feeling is just enough. A feeling is enough for you to be validated and to some degree, sure. But when yeah. it comes to opinions on like, like uh, the, the age old argument, you know, aliens is better than alien. Too many people. Yes. I love alien. I think that that. Well, I love that okay. movie so much. Dude, now, now you're talking my language. Okay. So I didn't grow. I I, I grew up in, so I was born in 85. I, oh. I, but I have older brothers and my older brothers watched all those movies. So I got to watch those movies because they <laughs> just let me watch those movies. And I never saw the original Alien until, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago. Same. And and but i grew up watching aliens and i liked it because that was that was the first my first interaction with aliens and i'm dude i'm a huge cinephile i love movies like i i quote movies regularly i'm i am a die in the wool like i especially if it's like anything like 80s 90s action thriller that type of stuff yeah that that's my jam right there but um (laughs) Uh, because I grew up watching all that and I was, I was a latchkey kid too. So I, I just watched a ton of movies and I watched them over and over and over and over. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of aliens because I like the action aspect of it. Sure. Versus, versus, but they're two completely different movies because they were done by two different directors. Yeah. Right. So yeah yeah yeah. What, the, yeah alien was a psychological thriller it was not meant to be a action movie it was a psychological sci-fi aliens was a let's go get them colonial marines bunch of badass motherfuckers that we're gonna do this type thing and so it was just like it was and it still had some aspects of i think oh what was it um there's actually uh do you watch those uh documentaries on netflix uh the movies that made us oh the movies that made us yeah 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 they they did the one on uh aliens and um it was cool to like see like a lot of like behind the scenes stuff of that and just like yeah it was it's it's cool that like no i I, i'm 
I personally like aliens better than alien, but that's just my opinion. And, and, I, but I'm also not going to argue with somebody saying, Oh no, this one's better, but there it, it's, yeah. And it's the thing you have your reason for liking it and it's, yeah. it, you know, and it makes sense. Whereas yeah. I just saw alien. I want to say during COVID, that was the first time mm-hmm. I watched alien was during COVID. Nice. And I sat down because I I go to Halloween parties and I won scariest uh, costume one year. And that nice. was the prize was a Blu-ray copy of Alien. So during COVID, many years after winning that prize, <laughs> I was like, okay, let's sit down and watch Alien, my wife and I. Mm-hmm. And now we got time to watch movies. And afterward, I was like, holy shit, I love it. It's like yeah. it, it felt it, like it held good, up, you know, it's so a much. good movie. It's a really mm-hmm. good movie. But I just like I just personally like aliens better, like just because of X, Y, or Z, right? And I think you know what did it for me with Alien was just you know you had the team there. there there's this aspect that I just I like the the um you know just the the I can't think of a word right now because my brain is broken. But you know it just felt like family. You know you had yeah. everyone there. You know you see moments where they're sitting down eating. You know, you know, just simple things that really makes a difference to me in the movie. And Aliens is still really fucking good. It's like, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I always try to tell people. It's like, just because I like one thing over the other doesn't mean the other is bad. It exactly. just means that I like this thing. But, um, but yeah, so, but you're, you know, the- you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're talking about uh, <laughs> the hor- horror movies of the seventies and just like neighborhoods and stuff like that. So with uh, once they redid Halloween, they showed mm-hmm. kids, you know, twenty somethings, you know, the original Halloween from seventy eight, mm-hmm. and all these kids were like, "This movie is this supposed to be scary? This isn't scary at all. This movie sucks." <laughs> and and the thing is with that is like, number one, they're desensitized. Oh, that to, too for sure. Yeah, you know what that horror was back then. Number mm-hmm. one, but number two, you're looking at. A movie made in 1978. You're coming off a decade of serial killers: Son of Sam, uh, Gacy, um, uh, Bundy. You know, is out there lurking. You know, um, it's just all these monsters. So when you get this movie in 1978 of a serial killer, you know, or a killer, and there's no rhyme or reason right now, and seemingly it's a regular ass person, that's a fucking terrifying movie. You know, for oh, that yeah, time for especially. Sure. So it's like, you know, people have this way of, you know, number one, being desensitized to things, but also there's just this ideal of, you know, well, this, you know, this old thing back then, you know, it's not as good or it means nothing as opposed to like, you know, things that they do now. It's like, you know, especially like I, I do, you know, like I said, I do that horror podcast. So I've, I've been looking at all this kind of shit a lot lately, but like looking at those movies from that decade um, and just looking at the ideal of, you know, what people are capable of and, mm-hmm. you know, how many crazy people, you know, were cropping up during that time. But during that time, also, you started kind of getting to this pocket where neighborhoods weren't how they were at one point where you know you start seeing fewer and fewer people knowing who their neighbors are you know fewer and fewer fewer yeah. and fewer people saying hello to the neighbor uh you know up until the point i know in the 90s where i was growing up you know we had what we call neighborhood moms you know yeah. there are three moms in that neighborhood that you know 
I still wish happy Mother's Day. Well, uh, one passed away, but you know, up until her passing, you know, I would always shout them out on social media. These are the moms that raised us. This, you know, was our neighborhood. And, you know, everyone for the most part, you know, we knew everyone in the neighborhood. And now I look at my neighborhood and it's like, I don't know who's who. Mm. You know, Halloween last year, no one passed out any candy. Like yeah. we were the only house in my neighborhood, I think, passing out candy. And it was like, wow, like we, you know, and this kind of goes all the way back to where we started with this conversation. Yeah. People isolating off and, and detaching from others. It, it, it's, it's getting weird out there, Mike. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Okay. Weird. So, so you're talking about that. I, have you heard this whole idea about people being NPCs, right? Non-playable characters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this has been, my wife and I have had this conversation multiple times over and over and over about, and she actually came up with this great idea that, and I think, it, I don't think it's her original idea. I think, I think she heard it somewhere, but it was, that as we are born, we are all NPCs. But there's something that like we get to choose. There's a point that like we're almost given the choice to break free from that. And if we choose to break free or something happens and we break free from that, then we're no longer an NPC. And... Uh -huh. I, the kind of kind of like neo right neo in the yeah. matrix like everybody just kind of going through the motions and whatever they're just living in the matrix and but if you break free from the matrix it's it's that it's the what is it it's the um the the cave allegory like being able to see see the yeah. flyer and see see what's causing the the shadows and all that and then being able to get outside of the cave that whole thing and so because i actually have a neighbor that they have like a really nice backyard so our we're we're in a cul-de-sac right and our our house is in the back corner of a cul-de-sac so we have like a nice long driveway and then our backyard is butted up to like one two three four five yards and i'm actually closer to my backyard neighbors than i am to my front yard neighbors just by I, oh, i'm out there yeah, yeah I'm, I'm watering I, I grow vegetables and i have chickens and so um i i'm out there quite a bit and, and also like throwing frisbee for my dog and just enjoying like we have like a nice deck and nice patio and stuff like that and so we're just out in the backyard a lot and i there, there's these one neighbors they'll work in their yard like once a month and they keep it like kind of nice like fairly nice but they're like really he like he fertilizes his yard and just like be very particular about how he mows it but he only does it like once a month and like i've had full conversations but they have like a nice deck and patio i never see them in their backyard i and like i've walked my dog in front of their house i've never seen them in front of their house my wife uh, actually she's a photographer and she used their backyard for taking photos one time and they were super nice and super accommodating she asked was like hey can can we use you have a very pretty backyard and so they're out like kind of like doing stuff in the backyard when that was going on but that's like the only time i've ever like i don't know what they do for work i don't i was like oh my god are these people npcs and i had this whole like conversation with my wife of like i never see them come and go i never see them like doing like just nor like they don't barbecue they don't like they have a nice deck they're never on it 
they have like a they have this super nice backyard that they never use for anything and it's just like and but like all my other neighbors my backyard neighbors for the most part like there's this other neighbor she's really like tons of like rose bushes and stuff she's always out there and i've had like full conversations with her and just like talk she used to be a teacher then retired and they've lived in that house like the entire time the house has been built and so and like i met her son and i met her grandkids and stuff like that and so like i know like a lot about them and so like i'm like oh i know a lot about them and then like another neighbor um like his wife's a hairdresser and like it just so but i know all these things about these people and like i've had like i've had full-on conversations and i like i know more but the, just these one neighbors are just like they don't have any kids they don't have any pets it's just like i don't know it's just it is kind of like uh this is kind of weird <laughs> so and, but they're super they're, they're super nice and everything but it's just like huh i i always um it's funny because like two out of the last three episodes we we got into some weird stuff and i was like all right dante starts staring away from the weird because you start, <laughs> start making people feel nervous but you know what fuck it i, I love the weird all right yeah. so this is one thing that my buddy and i were talking about and he had a very short-lived podcast i think but mm-hmm. i love the idea it's called the tinfoil bunker and he wanted to talk about conspiracy theories and he and i got into the simulation uh, theory mm-hmm. and one thing we're talking about is like have you ever seen your neighbors bringing groceries okay i have i you have seen so the, i've yeah. seen one ever okay because i okay. helped them okay no i i i that was a whole thing for me for a while never seeing your neighbors bringing groceries but i've seen all my neighbors bringing groceries so okay. like okay yeah yeah that's that's uh, yeah I, but so, i for the for the long okay so as far as conspiracy theories go i love a good conspiracy theory as long as it doesn't hurt anybody as long as like nobody's like hurt by it and there isn't like the whole idea of like did we land on the moon or not that one kind of bugs me a little bit just because it's like billions of dollars trillions of dollars of like tax dollars just up in smoke if we didn't and it's kind of like well that kind of sucks yeah but like the flat earth it's been disproven multiple times and i love it my favorite thing now is flat earthers trying to prove that the earth is flat and then realizing like disproving it for themselves <laughs> that I, I i i came across like three different videos lately of that happening it just it just makes me giggle so hard but it's just like but if the earth is flat it doesn't hurt anybody it really yeah. doesn't it's just like it's a fun, so what it's if a, it is yeah it, who who gives a shit man it's it's i i love a good conspiracy theory or like that the that all politicians are lizard illuminati and just like like so those type of conspiracy theories are just fun to like play with right and and they're all they're all like what black mirror episodes right so yeah yeah i always love the ideal so i'm not a conspiracy theorist it it, it gives me a headache at times like if (laughs) i let myself get wrapped up in it but i love to hear you know, like harmless ones, like you said, like ones that are fun to mess with, like, you yeah. know, like flat earth, it, you know, and, and, you know, now there's the whole hashtag space is fake, you know, oh, yeah. you know, things like that. And it's like, okay. And, 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 Eddie, and Eddie Bravo isn't doing any help for, as far as that one either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, I, I feel like, I feel like though for a minute wasn't, it, you know, he was open just to the ideal of things and then he mm-hmm. just started leaning real heavy. He, he got, like, 
Oh man. Yeah, Lost he got <laughs> he got real real hard into it for sure and uh and he was really big into like Tower 7 and like he, Oh yeah, the, I remember. That whole whole 911 stuff and buildings don't fall at free fall speed and jet fuel can't burn steel beams and stuff like that. And it's just like that that one got a little bit tricky just because people did or did not die but also at the same time like people did lose loved ones and so that one yes. like I, I i tended to like kind of like step back a little bit from like those more serious ones anything or even like what alex jones is dealing with now with like sandy hook that whole like yeah being a sandy oh, hook denier and then like once he met one a person like somebody that actually like the kid actually died at Sandy Hook and he was like, oh shit. And he retracted it all. He he came out saying it was like, oh shit, yeah, I fucked up on that one. And that's actually one of my favorite uh gifts and memes is like when uh, he's on Rogan and he's like, I'm I I'm kind of retarded. It's just like, yeah, like we all see silly shit, right? I, I say silly shit yeah. all the time. And when you're and even Rogan does that a lot too. He's like, what what, what do I know? I, I say I talk shit for a living, right? It's like yeah. you have to fill how many hours? He has hundreds of thousands of hours of him just like getting stoned and talking shit. So like yeah. whatever, it's just. But like, but yeah, like the there are or like Hollow Earth. Oh theory. yeah, that's like, that's that, that one's hot. That, that there's Oof. like another Earth inside Earth, and just like oh yeah, just there's 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 definitely a lot of fun and like uh, was it. Uh, um, oh, there's a new one I just uh, heard about. It was about um, there was like that there was like this advanced civilization in uh, oh, I, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's like right outside of Russia. I forget the name oh. of it. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll text it to you. There's this whole subreddit. I just came across this video that there was like this advanced civilization of people, but not that like less than a hundred years ago, like that they had like motorized vehicles and that they had electricity and at like the turn of the century or like, or like two, like 150 years ago or something. So not even that long ago. And that like, they had like buildings built like almost a thousand years ago that um, they're, everybody's trying to say that these were like herders and farmers, but yet they have like complex like structures and stuff like that and i i can't it's not coming in i'll i'll after i'll i i got on the uh the subreddit of it because it was just like it was too much to like and i sent my wife the video and we were both like whoa so it's just like there, there's another but kind of like realizing like why why would this be a conspiracy theory and that the idea that oh because it messes with the whole timeline of how long humans have been around and how long we've like had technology and stuff. And it's like, Oh yeah. Like that, that type of stuff. I didn't, I didn't get that. So, but yeah, just conspiracy theories are definitely fun. And they're also, it's just like, it's also one of those like fun things. I don't know about you, but maybe it's just my culture at jujitsu and maybe I don't smoke weed, but a lot of my friends do at jujitsu. And after you're like, you get done rolling and you just like start like talking about weird shit in the locker room or on the mats, like, I, I definitely feel like it's because it's such a safe space. And I actually said that um, yeah. the other day that it's like, oh, you can literally talk about just about anything at jujitsu, like at, on the mats after or uh, in the locker room. And people are like pretty chill with most things. Like 
I, we, we talk about movies or talk about like silly, stupid shit or just goof around or whatever. And that's, that's kind of cool because it's like it, when people talk about safe spaces, like name a safer space yeah, for, for the that, most part. Like that's I, I know probably one of the safest. Yeah. I, I know there are bad situations and bad things do happen, but at the same time, I think the overall arcing of it is like, it is a safe space. It's a, it's a safe mm-hmm. space for majority of people. It's a safe space for, for, for freedom of thought and freedom of idea for the most part. So yep. especially, especially at my gym, like, and I, I feel very fortunate to have that at the, at the gym that I train at. When I say my gym, I, uh, I've, I've been training there for like, I think, six or seven years now and so it's just like it, it does feel like th- th- there's a great sense of community there so it's just being able to to have that space there and have that ability to like talk about silly shit talk about movies talk about whatever it's 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 definitely it's it's it couldn't get much safer of a space for me i would say so no i agree um actually with you're talking about conspiracy theories I think I'm going to toy with that ideal for uh, the other podcast for So You Like Horror. And if you don't mind, I might want to have you on as a guest for that one. Oh, dude, um, I, to... I would love that. Um, I'm I'm not a big I'm not super into horror. I I've, I like some of like the older like I'm more of like an actiony horror. Like give me yeah. like critters. Give me like <laughs> it's funny. Actually, I just saw the funniest meme the other day. It was like. Oh, we didn't have minions growing up. We had these guys, and it was the critters <laughs> guys. I was like, oh yeah, that's that yeah that that was my version of it. And uh, but just like the weird shit that I don't know, like I maybe it's just because I don't know, just the horror bug never bit me, and maybe because I was like too afraid as a kid or what. But like, yeah, there, there are there are a couple I, think- I would I think would be considered horror movies that I like. So well, like, yeah, no, I, I I would love to come on, yeah. Like I think about because when when I toy with the ideal of horror, I try mm-hmm. to think of like because people like to think of horror as like a direct thing, like slashers or mm-hmm. you know even the classic Universal monsters, things mm-hmm. like that. And I like to you know kind of step outside the box a little bit and go into things like well, there are conspiracy theories that are definitely terrifying. Um, I'm gonna I'm working on doing um a um an episode with a friend we're going to talk about um true crime and and you know those types of documentaries so i'm yeah. always trying to like find things that isn't necessarily most of the time it's you know i'm talking about movies and franchises and stuff but every so often i like to steer off that path and say let's talk about something a little bit different like my next episode my current episode that's out is uh, about the final destination franchise uh, my wife and I did it. <laughs> the, the the final destination, the one movie that made everybody hate drive to drive behind yes. large trucks. Seriously, like the the amount of people you can see it on the road when there's a log truck, and of course Oregon, there's tons of logging. When there's a truck with logs <laughs> on it, you can see people getting out of the lane behind them immediately. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that that changed that movie single handedly changed the way people see those trucks. Yeah, I, like it, it's. It's like and I've been putting up posts because what I do with that Instagram is I, you know, I have the episode I only post like maybe once a day, but I'll always post something in relation to the, the episode theme. And mm-hmm. I've just been posting. I think I put up the trailer for the second one and it mm-hmm. shows that specific part of the scene. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. wow. 
that yeah, I know that's triggering people. Um, oh yeah. But like the next episode, I, I'm sitting with um, a guest that we're talking about uh, living in a haunted house, a house that they they lived in for 20 years. Uh, so you know, we're not so much talking about a movie as much as we're talking about an actual experience. And then I have some friends that you know went up to Salem, Massachusetts. So we're going to talk about mm. witches. Uh, from that point so it's like i try to do things that you know kind of steers away from the traditional norms of like let's talk about horror movies and it's like let's talk about different things like and i think conspiracy theories can fall into that in some capacity oh, sure. so um I'm, I'm i'm gonna look at uh you know try to work out some kinks in it and then we'll, we'll talk but um but Dude. Um, speaking of, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but speaking of horror no, movies, no. I actually just rewatched uh, Thirteen Ghosts. Goddamn! Uh, one one of the one of the best memes I've ever seen was, "I want to see a Netflix miniseries on each mm -hmm. of the ghosts." And I was just yeah. like, "Dude, I would watch the shit out of that because I, I want to know how they all became ghosts. I want to know like like, and it's actually it's the movie is." I don't know if it like holds up. It, it was fun to rewatch. I enjoyed rewatching it. It was the, I think it's maybe like it was, it was in that time of like the CGI got a little kind of goofy. Yeah. And so, but then at the same time, like, I don't know, like, because there's still like a lot of practical effects too. Like when they're getting like slashed up, you can like really see them getting slashed yeah. up. So, but no, I would totally a thousand percent watch a mini series on the 13 ghosts. I would not just watch that miniseries if they did it on Netflix or Hulu or wherever they did it. I would mm -hmm. I would watch it completely. But if they even decided to go MCU style and say, look, we're gonna do a bunch of movies over a few years. Oh yeah. And you know, but but it has to be done right. You can't just say, look, we're gonna do this as a cash grab. You you yeah. gotta, you know, really flesh out that story. And it can be no each movie can be no more than 90 minutes because yeah. i feel oh, like yeah yep. you start dragging but i i'm in no matter how it cuts <laughs> and the thing is this has been going around for at least the last i want to say 10 years now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why has no one grabbed onto that and it could be a distribution things with a uh castle a dark castle mm -hmm. i believe they they had the rights to last that i saw but dude and and that whole like movie yeah. thing of like who owns rights and i think that goes back to like was it the the movies that made us or whatever? Um, yeah. Uh, you you see these like movies that like some of them got shelved for like a decade. They just like yeah. they they buy the rights to it, put it up on a shelf so nobody else makes it, and they're like, oh yeah, we still have that. And so somebody may some 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 studio may have the rights to the Thirteen Ghosts like intellectual property, and they just like they couldn't find the right director, or maybe they tried to find a director, or maybe who knows. And at this point, I almost like. Fuck it, have like somebody like fan film make it. Like, isn't that how yeah. Deadpool came about? Like, wasn't that mm -hmm. like it was a fan like short that caused the movie to happen? And now those two movies are fucking rad, man. So it's yeah. just like it, it's it's cool to see that type of stuff. But also like that can also go the bad way too. Like, what was it? Um, there was that uh, trailer for like Fresh Prince that was like a fan made one, mm. and uh, yeah, it was a remake for Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And there was like a, a fan made one that looked really cool. It's kind of darkish and like it looked like it could have been like HBO or maybe so something like a little bit like somebody was willing, even if like a Netflix like took it and like made it kind of like dark, it could have 
but it wasn't like this bright chipper thing. And then I think they actually came out with like what, like a movie or mini series yeah, or something. It's a series on a uh, Peacock. Uh, the yeah. NBC, uh, app. And from what I hear, it's not very good. So it's just I've like heard mixed things. And I, I'm not, if it's mixed, I just kind of don't f- like the way I feel about remakes and it gets kind of weird because I'm okay with just going back and watching the original stuff that was there. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. Sometimes a remake can work out. Like again, the 13 ghost remake. I love it, mm-hmm. but I also love that original. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, whenever something comes out and there's a remake, like I think they're remaking roadhouse and a lot of people are upset and it's like, well, look, if you, if you don't want to see the new one, don't watch it. That, yeah. Like let your money talk, you know, yeah, don't go, go see go, it. Go. Go go back and watch the watch the old one again for the nine thousandth time. Yeah, like I love Point Break when they remade yeah. Point Break. Yeah. I I was like Jesus, They're like okay, so I watched it, was not amused. As a matter of fact, I was angry. It was like why they could have just called this extreme bank robin or some shit, and it would have been a fine movie if they would have called it Dude. something not Point Break. All it was was like a out like what an hour and a half long GoPro fucking movie that's that uh, somebody said that yeah. I, that's not my that's not my own original thought is they were like oh that was an hour and a half long gopro fucking promo that's all that was i was just yeah. like yeah but they, they tried i guess the funny thing about point break so my wife had never seen point break she actually hadn't seen like a lot of movies until we um like got together and but she had seen fast and the furious and we were watching point break she's like oh this is like fast and the furious isn't it I'm like, and then mm. I didn't even have, I didn't even think about it. I was like, holy shit, you're right. It is. It, so, Fast and Furious is just a remake of Point Break. <laughs> so I always say that whenever we're watching uh, my buddy and I. So I love the first Fast and Furious, even the second one. But I remember after watching it, I go, that was a really good movie, but it was a lot better when it was Point Break. <laughs> and I've held on to that, that feeling ever since. It's like, wait a minute, Fast and Furious has nine movies or ten movies or however many movies and Point Break only got one. Now, yeah. granted, it ended in a way where you could have really only had one, and that's all we needed. It was really fucking good, eh. but it's like. But you also, but you also never, you never, you never see uh, 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 Bodhi come back. So he he could have got away. He, he could have. So, and that was always my hope. It was like, look, yeah. we never saw the body wash up. We never yeah. saw him come back. He could yeah. still be out there. He could have assembled a new crew. We could get a sequel. But I was okay with the idea, like let it just end. Yeah. But if they made a second one, would I watch it? Fucking right, I would. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. No, yeah, yeah for sure. And it's just it's, um, yeah. I grew up uh, watching all the Fast and the Furious movies, and because I was super into cars at the time, and mm-hmm. I still I I'm still really into cars. I really like cars. I like working on cars and stuff like that. Oh, um, but uh, um, yeah, I I watch all the Fast and Furious movies in the theater until this the very last one and there was a point where i was watching it and i was texting my brothers and i was like if they go into space i i'm done with this shit and what and, and because we were i we were literally like just talking shit to each other while i was watching i was i was basically like i was kind of like half watching it and like texting my brothers at the same time and we all love movies and i was like i that's that's gonna be my cut the shit moment and what do they do yeah. They drive a fucking car in space. Cut this shit, man. Like yeah. uh, now that now all they are, it's just it's it has nothing to do with cars. It has nothing to do with like what the original movies were. 
and I think there was actually a point um, in one of the contracts. I remember people talking, somebody behind the scenes talking about their contracts. I think it was after like the fourth one or something like that. It was like they all negotiated that they can never lose a fight. The heroes can oh, never lose wow. a fight. That like huh. they always have to win. And I was like, that's not how it is. Like, okay, now now let's suspend disbelief that much more. Nah. I, I'm I'm sorry. I'll I'll go back and rewatch the first three because they're fun. And like I, I have yeah. them on I have them on DVD. So I have them on Blu-ray. So it's just and those also were like I was in high school at the time when I yep. I remember my girlfriend's name when I, we went to see the first one. Her name was Melanie, and I remember her name. And I remember us both going because her mom drove us to the theater to go see it. So it's just like, I, it's just like, it was just, I was at that age. I was into cars. Everybody wanted a Honda. It was just like, that was when people were starting to soup up Hondas. It was just, it was yep. just a thing to do. And like in our area, like cruising in cars was like a whole thing. It was just like, it, we, we, there was like, there was literally a, an area called the gut where in a town like 10 minutes over that was like, you would just cruise the gut and that's what you did because it was like, there wasn't much else to do type thing. So it was, it was a town of, I think like 40,000 people. So it's just like, you just cruise and then you hung out in parking lots and then you cruise some more and then you hung out in more parking lots and that's just what you did. So it was just, it was, and then there was like, and then there was a small like contingent of that, like, there was some street racing. There was there was a, a place about another like thirty minutes away that people would go street racing and straight up like they would race for money and they would like and I remember going to do that. It was it was a legitimate thing that happened in and none of these people had like super fast cars or anything, but they were like literally trying to like make their cars faster in any way they could. So uh so I remember when I first watched it. I'm not really big into cars, but my buddy is, and mm -hmm. he brought me over to his place because he grew up relatively sheltered for the most part. So mm -hmm. me coming over to the house to watch a movie with them and hang out was a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. Only other time I went over was like it was a movie night with the family. They made pizza. We watched a fistful of dollars. The pizza oh, nice. was burnt. It was the worst oh, eating experience ever, but the movie was so fucking good. I that's, kinda... a, that's, a, that's a great fucking movie. That's a good, like, yeah. I like a good Western. Yeah, that's that's a good movie. But um, we, we sat down, watched Fast and Furious, and again, I loved it. I was like, I didn't think I would either. I was surprised. And mm -hmm. I said, so I was like, dude, this was a good movie, but I feel like it was a little bit better when it was Point Break. And he was like, what do you mean? And, you know, I broke down both plots because he hadn't mm -hmm. seen Point Break. Oh, geez. So. <laughs> So, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to probably watch Point Break now, or not Point Break, uh, Fast and Furious now, once we're done here, because dude, it it, totally it's on my up. mind. Yeah, it, it holds, okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one that does that. Like, I'll see, oh, what was it? It was, um, there was some reel that was using the, uh, oh, uh, you think darkness is your ally, and oh, that whole, yes. like, and uh, I did not see darkness, or I did not see light until... Uh, I was already a man, and by that time it was blinding, and just like that whole, and I was like, oh shit! Well, now I have to watch the Dark Knight. Yeah, like, same here. Yeah, the, the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I have to watch that now. And dude, yeah, the, the, those Nolan Batman's are, yeah, I they yeah. nailed it. And I and I really enjoyed. I actually saw the the newest Batman in the theater, 
That was funny shit, man. That was great. I enjoyed it a lot. A lot of people kind of got thought it was, I don't know. I I don't know what they thought. And like that goes back to everybody has an opinion, right? So cool. It's not for you. I liked it. I thought it was rad. I saw it twice in the theater. So like it, like when he, the very first time we get to see the Batmobile and he starts it up, I literally got goosebumps. Dude, I got, I got goosebumps. I, I like tingling down my spine goosebumps. I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. That's rad. It was like, it was a modified, like, I think it's like a charger, like super modified with like the big yep. jet engine in it. And just like, and that whole, apparently that whole scene where he jumps the car through the fire, none of mm-hmm. that CGI, that's all practical. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And so like, just like that they're using practical effects and just, I don't know. I, it was fun. I liked it. Like, there's something to be said about, um, you know, when you take a filmmaker, especially in this day and age, and they're using practical effects. Um, it, you know, it it just speaks to, you know, the audience that still values that because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, you can still get away with a lot of CGI. I mean, all yeah, yeah. all of the MC, MCU films are heavily mm-hmm. CGI, and they're still fun. They work. But you get a movie like The Batman and, you know, people can like it for, you know, what it is and dislike it for what it isn't. The thing is, not every movie is for everyone, but there were a lot of elements to that movie. That movie in itself had a lot of horror elements to it as well that made it. Riddler was terrifying in a lot of aspects. And it was was dark. It was gritty. It was. Mm -hmm. It, it 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 gave Batman back some balls. It gave it like, yeah. oh yeah, they're, they're, you're playing for real stakes here. It was like, it was. I think it was cool, and and along yeah. those like that those Batman lines, man, they need to do like. Don't get me wrong. I I liked, I liked Batman versus Superman. I'm one of the few people that actually like Batman versus Superman. The whole like here. Martha like that whole horseshit theme, whatever. But I like the idea of like, because we're actually, my wife and I are actually rewatching uh, or watching, I watched them when I was younger, um, the early 2000s uh, Justice League, the animated series. And it's, it's on Amazon and it's really good. Uh, and even my wife was like, oh my gosh, these are really good. And so we're rewatching them and there come, there's going to come a point where Batman talks about the idea of having to deal with everybody in the Justice League. And yeah. like, and including superman and so like because he knows the biggest risk to humanity is superman because like and that goes to like what is it um the boys talking about like that series and it's just like that's also one of my favorite memes ever too is how uh how americans see ourselves as superman how the rest (laughs) of the world sees america uh homelander homelander yeah (laughs) But 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 what I really want to see is I want to see I really hope they do they can bring back Michael Keaton as that old grizzled Batman that doesn't isn't Bruce Wayne anymore that is Bruce Wayne but just like doesn't have yep. the billions anymore it just has the Batcave and why why haven't we had a why haven't we had a Robin series why haven't we had a a Dark Knight series. Why haven't we had a or a, a Nightwing series? Like something like that. Like I, I want to see that. I want to see the old grizzled Batman, and we could totally bring back Michael Keaton for it. He's he's killing it in all the movies that he's been in lately. 
like let's do this man let's 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 get this going i'm i'm down for it so so phil phil and i talked about that uh when we yeah yeah we we got heavy into it yeah i listened to that one i loved it i'm in i'm i'm all like look i with all of this media as far as it goes with comic books i'm in for all of it as long as it's done with respect Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just because having been a fan growing up with all of this stuff, I so I got away from the whole. I used to be really, really attached to like, no, you have to do it this way, you have to do it that way. Now I'm more like, look, do it in a way that makes sense. As mm-hmm. long as it makes sense, I don't care. Just give me a good story that yeah. makes sense, and 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 you will get my money every time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they there's a lot of talk about. Warner Brothers canceling the Batgirl movie. I don't know. I don't care. Um, I, I, the the controversies behind it, it, it goes real deep. And I'm like, look, that sucks. I don't know if it's really that deep, but it sucks all the same. But look, if they didn't, if they didn't feel like they believed in that movie and they didn't back that movie the then way that, yeah, yeah, then don't put it out. It's just that yeah. simple. And, and you know, I know there's the joke. It's like, yeah, but you guys put out the Suicide Squad, and it's like. Yeah, they did. And honestly, I enjoyed the Suicide Squad, at least the first 45 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the movies that they're doing, and I, I feel like Warner Brothers, they may be in a bit of a, they don't necessarily know what they're doing, but if there's anything that I think they should hitch their wagon to, is Shazam and Black Adam right now, because it looks like mm-hmm. if they're going to do, they, they're talking about, they have a 10-year plan. If they're going to do a shared universe with a 10-year plan, a good mm-hmm. start point right now is Shazam and Black Adam since they Dude. are rivals and yeah, Sh- Sh- Shazam was funny shit. I thought that was a oh fun my movie. God, yes. Yeah, I, it, I didn't want to see it at first. And then when I did, I was like, holy shit. Like I, so I bought Joker, which Joker's a great movie. I just mm-hmm. don't like it as a Joker movie. I love it as a movie, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I, it, it, I have mixed feelings on it, but then I rented Shazam. And mm-hmm. after watching Shazam I was like, I wish I would have bought Shazam. And I wish I would have rented Joker because I'm not going to watch mm-hmm. Joker again. Not because yeah. it, it, again, it is really good, but it's it's good in that way where it's like I don't want to watch it again because I don't want to start nitpicking. But Shazam mm-hmm. is good, it's fun, and I can watch it over and over. And yeah. th- there's a part of that story that made me cry when he mm-hmm. met his mom, and then that yeah. shit flipped on him. And every time I see it, I tear up. And my wife's like, "You because I I was a foster kid, so mm-hmm. and my wife's like, you gonna be okay?'" I was like, "Yeah, I, you know." I, I just love watching this movie, but the sequel looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Black Adam looks really fucking good, dude. I, yeah, go. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely hyped for Black Adam. That that's that's definitely one that I'm I'm excited to see how and to kind of see The Rock is like a bad guy, basically, right? So yeah. I, I I don't know I don't know anything about Black Adam, so I'm going in like my cup is totally empty for this, and so going and I into think it, that's just, important. Yeah, and just going, I'm going with zero expectations, and I just, but wasn't so. I don't know. Did you ever watch professional professional wrestling? Yes. Okay, so wasn't there? I a just point actually where, had it on in the background. Wasn't there a point where The Rock was a bad guy? So we know he can play because this is going to be the first time we're actually seeing him in a movie where he's not a good guy. If I yeah. if I'm if I'm right, like he's pretty much um, always played a good guy. I mean, Scorpion King, or not Scorpion King, but uh, The Mummy Returns is kind of arguable because he was 
I guess the villains, uh, but it, it, then they made the actual Scorpion King movie. But the which thing, is also think, which is also a fun movie to watch. I like that movie. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I own that. I, that that was during my period <laughs> where I was just buying movies. I, I didn't even care. It was like Dude, has a price tag. Give me. Isn't there like a third one or fourth one that has like Randy Couture in it? Yeah, as, like the Scorpion King or something. I believe it's the. I want to say it's the fourth, but it could be the. It, it, I think it's the third, and they did a fourth one with someone else. But you know, it, it's like with The Rock, he's charismatic. So yeah, when yeah, yeah. he he was um, in pro wrestling, I mean, well, he started off as a good guy coming out, uh, you know, big smile, like fucking uh, neon blue uh, armbands, and you know, like mm-hmm. long wavy or long like stringy hair, and he mm-hmm. came out, and then they repurposed him. As Rocky mm-hmm. Maivia, his dad being Rocky Johnson and his granddad being High Chief Pete Maivia. So they, you know, and they, they didn't shy away from his uh, lineage. Because yeah. all the Samoans in the WWE are all related except for like two. <laughs> and then I think at one point, um, he was still a good guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was kind of transitioned to a bad guy. And I remember they were, they were booing him. They're like, Rocky sucks. Rocky sucks, and he just pauses, looks up, and says, "Why don't you all just shut the hell up?" And from that point, it was, it was that was him. It was born, and then the problem came in. Though he became super charismatic, so him is a mm-hmm. bad guy, and in mm-hmm. Stone Cold, they're both like bad guys that were super charismatic yeah. that everyone fell in love with, and it's like you can't. You can't have the bad guy being cheered by everybody. So they're like, well, fuck it. Like, no matter what we do, even when you had, like, you know, a, a setup where Stone Cold beat, or I think The Rock beat Stone Cold with a chair at the end of a match, he just kept beating him with the chair. It, people were cheering him. Well, people booed him. And then the next night, they, they was, you know, back to their bullshit. Yay. It's like, you, you fucking people, you fucking fans, <laughs> like make up your mind. Do you hate them? Do you love them? You don't know, but it, it'll be interesting to see how he pulls this character off mm-hmm. because in the comic, I mean, over the years, the character started looking more and more like the rock. And then eventually that became a fan cast. Like, Oh, the rock would be perfect to play black Adam. And here we are. Mm-hmm. And I'm at, at first it, it, I was like, I'm not interested He's a great actor too. I I think he's a really good actor. I I feel like he got like kind of typecast into like those Jumanji movies and he was just like, oh, we'll do another one, make a hundred million dollars, do another (laughs) one and make another hundred million dollars. Oh, he's also in Fast and the Furious movies now. And then I did not watch Hobbs and Shaw because I was just like, I give no, I give zero fucks about that storyline. And it's just like, yeah, but, (laughs) but movies like the rundown, great movie super fun like mm-hmm. they're like i think he's a good actor i think i i there are i can't name something and i know he's also done like just as many like just as many like shitty b movies too and but at the same time like there's some good movies out there with him and i i appreciate like like i said i if somebody asked me if the scorpion king was on like if it was like an option to watch on netflix i'd watch it if if the rundown was an option to watch on Netflix, I'd watch it. Like like oh yeah, I remember this movie. Let's let's rewatch this movie type thing. So yeah, jump back into the nostalgia of it. So, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and 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 that's where they'll get me with that. But like yeah, and and apparently I hear those Jumanji. I just haven't seen them for some reason. But I apparently they're fun. Like the Jum- yeah, I was gonna say that they're fun movies. Like why not? Like like 
can a movie just be fun? Like my, my, my dad, my yeah. dad has this saying um, about movies and he would, so I grew up and like I said, we, we weren't, we weren't like dirt poor, but we also did not really have money per se. Yeah. And so a thing with my dad was he grew up in watching like, uh, like, so he's a baby boomer. So he grew up in like, he graduated in 1969 from college. He was like an adult in the seventies. So he grew up in like the fifties, the forties, fifties and sixties. And so he grew up when like movies were coming out in theaters and it was like a big thing to do and all that type of stuff. And like more of them, like the modern type of cinema type thing. And so he, my dad's super into movies. So he got me super into movies and growing up, he would always, every Friday night, he would rent two movies. And um, because it was like, you rent one at our local movie uh, uh, rental place. It was rent one movie, get one, your second movie for like half off or something. So it was like, it was a cheap way for us to like watch something fun. And so Friday night we'd watch a movie and then Saturday night we'd get to watch a movie. And so that was just like, was just what I did growing up. And so we always had movies and he, he would get a movie, like an action movie. And he's like, yeah, it's time for a little mindless violence. And it was just like, oh yeah, just, can can we just like veg out and just watch some shit get blown up and just like not really kind of care about the story and just like whatever it's just it's a it's a and i think that's why i like like the the 90s action flicks the the fucking the eraser like um yeah like, yeah, yeah uh money train and like um all, all those type of just like um the diehard movies like those ones just like let's just watch some like silly shit happen and just like suspend some disbelief and just enjoy a movie to enjoy a movie. Like you don't have to overanalyze fucking everything. Exactly. And, and that's where I get with a lot of these movies. Now my one buddy and I, we, we go back and forth at times about movies and he'll say one, he doesn't like a movie because of all these things, or he loves a movie because this actor's in and they're phenomenal actors. Like, look, I don't fucking care. This is going to be entertained. And like, yeah. sometimes being entertained means I can put a movie on in the background. And just let it run. I could look up mm -hmm. at the movie, see the action going on, but I don't need to follow the story. Yeah. And then sometimes I want the story. I mean, mm -hmm. it just varies on. Like, I mean, I'm the kind of person I go to bed at night because, again, I watch horror movies. I go to bed at night watching a horror movie. And a lot mm -hmm. of times if I do that, it's going to be something like Friday the 13th where I don't need the story. I just mm -hmm. need, you know. Like I can be sitting there staring at it and I know I can go to sleep. But if there's going to be something like one of these you no know, more modern horror films, uh, you know, you got to kind of follow the story. I don't go to bed to those because then I'm going to keep myself awake until 3 a.m. watching the movie, <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. I'd rather just put on Nightmare on um, <laughs> She's kind of a bad choice before bed, but sometimes oh, it yeah. happens. But usually Friday the 13th or Halloween because you don't need to follow the story. You just watch some people mm -hmm. die and then you go to yeah. sleep. Kind of fucked up, but that's how I do my life. Yeah. Um, but Mike, it has been a blast talking with you. Yeah, I'm for sure. Getting summoned by my wife. I gotta gotta get out of here. So no worries, no worries. As always, I want to do this again because just sure. talking with you is a is a goddamn delight. So mm -hmm. thank you. Um, before getting out of here, though, let everybody know where we can find you. Yeah, um, I am on Instagram. Um, uh, just my name. Uh, I'm sure you'll link it in the bio. Uh, also, Asgardian503. Um, I also uh, 
um, like you said before, I own Asgard 503 um, apparel company. Uh, we actually just have some brand new gear that we just dropped. We have geese, we have gi belts, we have some new t-shirts. Um, all that's going up on the website this week. Lots and lots of stuff. Um, I, I actually, uh, I ran a booth over the weekend and sold out a bunch of stuff. So I had to actually reorder. So stuff will be back nice. in. So if you see it on the website and it's out, don't panic. Uh, there's more on the way. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely check back. And if you have any questions about any sizing, anything like that, please don't hesitate to message me on, on Instagram, on Facebook, on shoot us an email. I I'm, I have enough friends that have gear that I can, I'm pretty good at sizing people up for like waist size, rash guard size, anything. And also if something doesn't fit and you didn't wear it in the gym, you're more than welcome to return it. We'll send you a postage paid uh, envelope with your right size. And it's super easy to exchange anything. Um, but yeah, uh, just asgard503 at gmail.com. Uh, with any questions, uh, we also do lots of custom gear for gyms. If your gym or school or club is looking for custom gear, um, that's one thing that we, we specialize in, uh, shorts, rash guards, singlets, any, any, anything you guys need, we can do. Um, we also do custom geese as well. We've done a couple of runs of custom geese for gyms. So I know that that can be kind of like a hectic thing for a, a coach to kind of sort their way through and kind of figure out and let us help you make that easy and let your let your students have some cool gear that they can wear for the gym and represent at um at competition at whenever they travel or if you have one of those spots that a lot of people are coming through um a rash guard's a great way to to help raise some money for the gym and people like to support gyms when they come through so if you're a gym and you have gear on the wall if you have gear at, at your front counter people are going to buy it. So let, let us help you make some money too. So um, yeah, just hit us up and then just asgard503.com for uh, all your gear, shorts, rash guards, t-shirts, um, geese, all that fun stuff. So yeah. All right. Awesome. I'll link everything in the show notes. So awesome. thank you for that. And yeah. as always, everyone listening, thank you so much for the support. We have been doing this for two years. So I'm amazed at that, and I'm amazed at, again, all the support. So thank you so much. If you all have any questions, concerns, always feel free to reach out to me at bjj.wiki or Off The Mats Podcast or, hell, So You Like Horror Podcast as well on Instagram. Any, I'm all over Instagram, so y'all can find me. I'm not hiding from anyone. Y'all, y'all can find me. Um, I want to give a big shout-out, again, to my guest here, Mike, and uh, Ascar503. I like I always have a great time talking with them. Last time we talked, we we disconnected and talked for another hour plus. So um thank you, Mike, for doing this. I, I do appreciate your time. So thank you so much. Thank you. Um, also, big shout out to um my good friends over there at Neurage Radio. Bobby, Chris, Joe, love you guys. I haven't shouted you guys out in a while but I've been doing your shows recently. So thank you so much for everything you do and go give them a follow on Instagram, nerd rage radio, IG on Instagram and go check out the podcast. It's everywhere you can find your podcast. Um, and also last shout out is to my other podcast. So you like horror, go check it out. Our current episode is up. It's dealing with the final destination franchise. 
And my next episode that's going to be upcoming is going to be dealing with spirits and haunted houses and things of that nature. So I'm excited. I had a great time having that discussion. So I can't wait to share that with you all. Um, otherwise, we're done here. Thank you, everyone. I love you all to death. You guys keep listening. We're going to keep making these shows. Thank you so much, everyone. And goodbye. They probably said. Now let me see his song.